Hello, listening people. Hello. You are listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. And I'm Bartek. You don't want to say your last name? Is it necessary? I, I said my last name. <laughs> Bartek Kaspshishak. Yes. And why are we called Spit and Polish, Bartek? Because we're always spitting and we are both Polish. That's correct. We both happen to be spitting all the time and we are both Polish. Bartek, what is it that we do here on the show? What is it that we do with these with unappreciated masterpieces? You know how Indiana Jones goes <laughs> out and finds things? Yes, he's an archaeologist, yeah. Yeah, we do the same thing. We find <laughs> movies. Movies that, like, obviously because they're hidden. Movies that aren't appreciated as much today. Whether they did well in the past or have always been, you know, kind of eh with audiences. We take them and we expose or re-expose uh, people to why this, these movies, sorry, are the mm. greatest movies out there. Yeah. Yeah, when you brought up this Indiana Jones imagery, I'm thinking, like, instead of, like, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's like, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of Big Fat Liar or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what we do is basically we get forgotten movies, like, ones that are completely forgotten. They're still in the memory banks, or you may have heard of them, or you at least know the people involved with the production, and we do an audio commentary, and we talk about why we should focus on these films more, why this film was made, the the behind the scenes, and just generally why, why we find it to be an excellent film. And what is the excellent, unappreciated film we're doing today, Bartek? Bro, today we are doing the classic 2005 film, Zgadnikto. Okay. Um, if I had to take a guess, if I had to guess... I did tell you to guess, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't speak Polish. I mean, oh. I know I am Polish, but I just wasn't raised to speak it, so... I see. I don't know what you said. Okay, I'm sorry. The movie that we are doing today is the adaptation of the classic game where you guess which character you are, guess who. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. It's a ad- modern-day adaptation of a Guess list? Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh, Guess Who? Yes, Guess oh, Who. Oh, that, that modern classic. Yeah, Guess Who is a very loose modern adaptation of Guess Who's Coming to Din- Dinner, the Sidney Poitier classic. And Bartek, yeah. we don't always do these alone, do we? Oh, we've only been alone, like, what, twice? Twice. So we need a guest to help us with this classic guess who. Who can, can, can you take a guess who? Can you take a guess who will be our guest? Um, Could be anyone. If I had to say anyone in the entire world, I would have to say, hmm, I'm, what is some imagery that comes to my head? Uh, a, ba- a bank. A person coming to take money. <laughs> They're robbing the bank. Rob. Is, it, is his name Rob? It's Rob. Rob Crawford. Rob, Rob Crawford. I wanted you to keep going. Uh, hi, Rob. Nice to be here. How's it going? I wanted you to keep going with guessing your name. It was like, they're at a bank. They're robbing the bank. Rob. Rob. What's the last name? Cindy. No, not Cindy. Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, you're here for the, uh, the classic... Mid-2000s movie, Guess Who, with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. I, I'd i never seen this film mm. until you mentioned it to me during the week, and 
the, I'll, I'll start with my first impression because this is the first impression I had of this film. <laughs> and this is I had to write this down because it was so wild. You told me about the film. I said, all right, I'm going to go on YouTube. I might watch a trailer before I get stuck in. So I know what I'm pushing. Some bright spark had decided to put the whole film up there and went, oh, perfect. I can watch it all right now. And in the summary, I thought that he'd taken the actual blurb from the film. No, he hasn't. This is, this is what he wrote. This movie prompts racism. Bernie Mac's daughter brings her boyfriend home to meet her parents. He is not accepted and mistreated because of the colour of his skin. And I said, yes, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. So that's what got you. That's what got me. So the movie isn't far from what it said. (laughs) So to give some context, guess who's coming to dinner? The classic 60s, 60s film where the plot is, you know, the white girl brings home the black boyfriend and her parents are very, very rich and very, very white and very kind of, you know, old-fashioned-esque, but they're kind of willing to give leeway. Like, the mum is kind of cool, but she's still racist, and the dad's kind of harsh, but he's still kind of like, I could, you know, I love my daughter, and all of that. And it was mainly about the racial, indif- like, the racial tolerance and intolerance and all that. Mm. And Sidney Poitier being defensive and blah, blah, blah. Well, this takes it in the opposite direction, which is it's a black girl brings a white boy home. And it's not just about the the, the racial stuff, but it's about it's about fatherhood, masculinity, <laughs> masculinity and, the, and uh, 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 purity as well, because he doesn't it's about, want... It's about pure, family. It's about family. Yeah, it's it's about a family, family movie. It is it's a family a, movie. It's a family picture. <laughs> we're really we're discussing this movie a lot before we even press play. Well, Usually. I just need to give a build up because it's, uh, I do believe I can't remember. We've done a lot of movies now, Rob. Mm. But is this one of the first movies where is it one of the first where it's a remake of an already existing classic film? Does just visiting count? Oh yeah, I guess that was a. But it's had the same cast and same writers. Well, so same I main guess, characters. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, at least. Guess who's coming to new is a uh, cinematic classic. What about the last episode, Annie? Oh yeah, Annie. <laughs> nah, screw Annie. <laughs> so we're it's a gonna. Count. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna be getting into Guess Who, in just a bit. But I've got to say, did Rob didn't watch this beforehand? Uh, until like Rob had never seen it before until I mentioned it. I had never seen it before. And had you ever seen it before, Bazzi? Like, no, when you brought it up, uh, like <laughs> when you brought it up, like I didn't know if it would be like you know what I said earlier for the show. A, a, no, like based on the game or something. Like that. <laughs> it could have been anything. You know those classic board games. It's a, mur- made a, a, a murder, a murder mystery featuring the cast. Of well, guess they did. Who, the they board did game. make Clue into a they movie did. with Tim Curry. They did. And, so, and guess who does have a bunch of characters? I guess. Yeah, so. like I guess you could guess, guess, guess. <laughs> um, so I never seen this movie before but it was a gamble because sometimes i'm like oh but i saw the trailer and i remember the trailer from when you used to have dvds where they had like the ads for other movies mm. before and i'm like oh i can never forget about the that one and, and i suppose one other thing we should mention is uh the reality is ryan while he was trapped on an island at the time <laughs> he really wanted to be on for old dogs because that was one of bernie mac's last movies Bernie Mac. So right now, Ryan gets to finally be on an episode where Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac is yes. actually so a main character. Let's start the Bernie Mac Guess Who journey with Ashton Kutcher and Zoe Saldana oh. <laughs> um, oh. as well. So let's start this beast in three, two, one, play. Oh, yeah. All right, so it's just sitting here at the moment. Okay, now okay, it, yeah. we are, just so you know, we're now... S- 
eight seconds in. It just froze for a second there. So Zoe Saldana's in this movie. Um, we lo- all know Zoe Saldana. The lovely Zoe Saldana. I don't the know her as much. Ferociously attractive Zoe Saldana. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy. She is. Oh, she's right. green in that instead yes. of black. Yes. And uh, uh, she <laughs> she is also in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. She, she is in that. She was the sh- oh. she was the captain of the ship that he borrowed, and she's like, I hate you. Mm. She's like, I hate you so much. I'm like, good for you. I would hate Johnny Depp too. He doesn't seem like a great guy. She's is in she a in lot. Stargate, or am I imagining that? Uh the TV show. Yeah, maybe. Uh Stargate like... went for so long. Yeah. that it had so many people come and go from that show. I would not be surprised. I did have a troll through her IMDb after watching this movie because I was <laughs> thinking about a her lot quite of a lot. Stuff. Yeah. She's done a lot of stuff that you could argue is unappreciated masterpieces. Mm. So we are now brought into the world. We're brought in by what you could argue is our lead character, which is Bernie Mac. Would you say he's our protagonist or is he the antagonist? I feel like he's our antagonist, but when you're wearing a suit like that, you could be, you could be anything. <laughs> when your last name is Mac, you could be anything. Well, <laughs> his last name is John. Uh, Percy, Percy Jones. Jones. Oh, you guys remembered his name. Percy Jones. <laughs> I remember his name because when you watch this film, he talks in third person a lot about how Percy Jones does this, Percy Jones does that. Did you mention his name was Percy Jones? I don't think I did mention that enough, and I don't take, think I think we'll continually mention take, that his name's Percy. Take Jones. a shot every time they say Percy Jones, Jones. and you'll be gone. <laughs> so we're not only introduced to Percy Jones, Percy Jones. Percy Jones is not only introduced by himself, Percy Jones, but he is introduced with another character, Reggie, who is not Percy Jones. Yes. And Reggie is one of my, uh, not my favourite, but one of my favourite characters mm. because he just kind of comes and goes when he pleases from the plot, which mm. is very relieving. He is the personification of comic relief He's, in a comedy yes. movie. There's no real point for him to be there, but every time he is there, you kind of you're happy that he is there. You wonder what his life story is about. He's very much <laughs> he's very much if you think back to Snow Dogs, Cisco in Snow Dogs. Yeah. He's introduced as like the crazy comic relief character, but he's most of the scenes are not set around Cisco. Yeah. I got really confused in this opening credits. That Same. guy's talking, but it's not it's his not voice. It's and you think Butcher. like I didn't know that black man sounded like Ashton Kutcher. And, uh, you know, that's that's very interesting. So we're seeing both of these business guys' lives. This guy's quitting his business. Isn't it interesting that the evil businessman, his computer screen is purple, while Percy Jones wears purple. I guess they're both antagonists. Ooh, we should, we and should and racists. That. Yeah, like, when, <laughs> when this scene initially happens, I feel like it's... It's very quick into what's happening. There's not really much explanation from either their point why he's quitting. It just sort of cuts him in the room. I'm quit. And we're all sort of set there left in the dark as to why, why is he quit. It's a mystery. And we don't really get there until probably at the last five minutes of the yeah, film where yeah. he actually explains you know why, why he quit. You know why I did that. Mm. This film learnt a lot from other films. Now, when we do this show, we say that these films inspire other films. But of course films get inspired by other things and i think this director this writing is very tarantino-esque in ways of time displacement Mm. and withholding information i'm not saying that this film influenced such other films like inception and pretty much most of christopher nolan's body of work but i think it could have i like that these two security guards make a bet they're like (laughs) straight off off the bat and 
we never see any result of that. Like, it's just like, oh, they're betting on this guy. She's my favorite too. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll just get the next one. Okay, then. Like, she's like, what, where's the other Ashton Kutcher movie I'm supposed to be in? Yeah. Like, but he's talking to the camera. These guys are like laughing at him. And you think like, oh, when he comes down, one of them's going to like take the money and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just like say goodbye to him. They're like, goodbye. Yeah, it's like, we know what happens in the movie. So we know what the who wins the bet, but we don't see them like yeah. acknowledge that they won the bet. Have you guys ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, no. Uh, that security guard is in Brooklyn Nine Nine as Scully. Which one? The one with the, the mustache. Hair... No, the one without the mustache. The flat top head. He always has the same haircut in every single thing I think he's it's in. Because he's going bald. That's no, he's still got hair in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and that's like ten years after this. <laughs> so think about it. This guy just has a military grade haircut. This movie, even on the offset when I first started watching this, especially from the way Ashton Kutcher's character behaves, Simon mm. Green. Straight off the bat, I was thinking, this is Meet the Parents. This is just another version of Meet the Parents. But it's ballsier than Meet the Parents. It is a lot more ballsier than Meet the Parents. Mm. But it, you, you, you it feel a lot of similar. There's a lot of similarity. There's better puns, but there's that overly awkward guy with the family. And even from this point, when you can see him talking to people, you go, he's just going to make me feel awkward this whole film. Uh, Ashton Kutcher makes you feel awkward every film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is true. Look, I love Ashton Kutcher. He's great, but I've got to be honest... He is one of those names in Hollywood that kind of make you go, nah, I'm going to pass. Thank mm, you. And I yeah. think that's a part of the reason for why this movie didn't do as successful as it could have. I'm not saying Ashton Kutcher was miscast. I think he's just got an aura about him as an actor. The name, just his body of work doesn't make you thrilled. I think, obviously, his best piece of work would be that 70s show, oh, perfectly yeah. cast as, as, as Kelso. Kelso. Mm. But he's tried to branch away from that kind of characterization because during that time he was like, dude, where's my car and all this stuff. Mm. Well, this is him. He's not playing a dude. He's playing like a man in this. Yeah. And it's kind of hard because... He's playing a white boy. He's playing a white boy. Yeah. You're used to him playing the goofy guy who laughs and giggles and is high most of the time mm. or something like that. So when we see Ashton Kutcher like branching out, like playing Stephen Jobs and stuff yeah. like that, you just kind of don't take it seriously yet. But, you know, all great actors... You know, it takes yeah, the time. It, like, Keanu Reeves, you know, it took him quite a while to get out of the Bill and Ted mold. And then, you know, the Matrix happened and there's taken him a while to get out of just the action star yeah. role. But then he just does John Wick and he just can't help yeah. but and, think. Yeah. And even back last week to Black Annie, he was in it for a parody movie that they went to see at a cinema. <laughs> yeah. Ashton Kutcher was in Annie 2014. As a Twilight parody of Edward Cullen. Oh, wow. And Mila Kunis was Bella. <laughs> It was great. So, Zoe Saldana, I'm just going to be honest. I think she is hotter now than she is in this movie when she's significantly younger. I think she's one of those few people that have gotten a lot more attractive as the decade has rolled by. I think that's a fair statement to say. What do you, like, what do you think, Rob? I'm just generally in love with her through this whole entire film. I felt a lot of my points watching this where I was like, I should be focusing on plot and characters. And most of the time I was sitting there going, I wish I was Ashton Kutcher kissing Zoe Feldana right now. But it's, not. I'm not. I'm not. You could. This, uh, this, this is a great setup. This one here is a great setup. It's a great setup into the, into the life of Percy Jones. Because you see this crazy man, boggled eyes, and he sort of says... Oh, well, look, I'm sure you oh, lost no. that game. He was really upset. And she goes, no, we, actually, we, we won. We won that. We were winning. <laughs> so already we go, Percy Jones is not a person to get on the bad side of. Yeah. So... This this is my favourite character of the whole time. <laughs> Dante. <laughs> this guy, he, he steals the show. The Metro he, he 
He has he is the subtext of this whole film that everyone ignores, which is the love between Percy Jones and Simon Green. And we know that that is the real true story here. And this man is the reason for it. Yeah, he, I'll come he, back to this later. But he, well, this, notices, he, is the man. he notices this. Okay, so he's already gone on favourite point of character, his favourite. Yes. Now, I'm going to surprise you here, uh, Rob, and everyone in the audience listening. If you have not seen this movie, see it. Because mm. the character that we're going to discuss right now is really obscure. He's in, like, one scene. We're going to talk about him now? Yes, right now. Okay. We brought up favourite characters. There's a character later on, Rob... Called Marcus. <laughs> Do you remember Marcus? Yes. He's like... clearly the best character. So later on, we will discuss it. But it's like later on, they're all having a like a bitch party where all the women are like, "Oh, men are terrible." And then like one like the, <laughs> this guy, handsome man, walks out of his bedroom. <laughs> he really like groggy, and he owns the house, and he's like his wife's house, and whatever. And he's like. I gotta, gotta all... go to work. Right, sorry, I gotta go to work. Um, and just just for the fashion people at home, the sneakers on the suit of of the man who's meant to be the classy guy dressing the wedding, he's wearing sneakers with his suit. Sorry, I did not notice that. I'm, take I'm... take that, yeah. film film people. So. Marcus is a husband and he's just like I gotta go to work and they all respect him he seems like the only man in this movie that gains respect yeah. and I, I respect that and I respect him Heads is my favourite character Heads is Bartzak's favourite yes. as well For this movie masculinity mm. is a very big theme especially Absolutely. with Percy Jones Absolutely. whose yeah. name is Percy Jones by Percy. the way <laughs> and uh Percy 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 Jones 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 He's... Percy Jones talks a lot like literally he talks a lot of he just doesn't shut up talking about masculinity <laughs> whereas Marcus He's got, like, what, one, maybe two lines in this whole movie. He's the most masculine guy in the film. Yes! The strong, silent type. The Mm. Gary Cooper type. Mm. Tony Soprano. He's got a backstory (laughs) that shows off exactly, like, what a man is, but we don't see it because it's not his story. This... For people who are watching this film, this scene where they're discussing how he looks up the credit report of Simon... What kind of person are you when your you know loved one or your daughter, whoever it may be, goes? Yeah. I want to bring someone into our life who are, is really special to me. And your immediate thought is, I wonder how much money they owe to the bank. Well, let's look that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's 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 clearly insane. Mm. Um, here's something I want to bring up. Two points. I think this film is really intelligent. Upon a second viewing of it, now when I first watched it, I was very impressed. But now seeing it again with you guys talking, I'm very impressed with the filmmaking quality of two main things. I'll talk about the shorter one first. The foreshadowing. She says, mm. and I can't remember if it's in this scene. I think it is. She's like, oh, by Sunday. You'll be a part of the family. Mm-hmm. She isn't wrong. By yeah. Sunday, yeah. he becomes a part of the family. That's an actual phrase. And the second one is the representation of colour. And I don't mean of skin, obviously. I mean of wardrobe. I just mentioned before that purple... And I, mean, I meant this like off the cuff, but the now I'm actually thinking of it. Is... I'm thinking of it. Yeah. Purple. Is that the colour of antagonists in this movie? And I want to know when Ashton Kutcher does kind of get jerky towards the end and antagonistic, if he's wearing a purple colour or something bluish or whatever. I want to note note that down. Because it seems like Percy Jones, who's the antagonist, wearing purple, his boss had a purple screen on. I just want to know if that's just on purpose or just happened to be in this movie. I don't know. On purples? Yeah. (laughs) So she literally stopped... Okay, this is one of these moments where where Mike Epps puts on the brakes because she's like, oh no, stop, he's white. <laughs> the many times I've been in car crashes because people have realised I'm white. 
You know, I don't see race, but people tell me I'm white and I have to take their word for it, Rob, because the police call me sir. Mm. You know, I just have to assume they're correct. But I love how he literally stops and he's like, and like they smash their heads and whatever, which makes me go, their seatbelts should be, I don't know, on. Mm. Uh, they don't have them on and they already got into a car crash. Mm. Maybe, you- maybe it's not a family movie. They're not wearing seatbelts then. <laughs> I don't know if I could take my kids to watch this. <laughs> it's clearly for adults. So here's a question. Screw the racism. It's the seatbelt safety that I'm concerned with. Absolutely. So, so here's a question to bring up. She mentioned that uh, she she mentioned that she didn't mention to her family that he's white, mm. specifically because it doesn't matter. Mm. It don't matter. Yes, she she said that in the taxi, and it's been established. But it gets brought up a lot in this movie that she it, didn't bring it up. Yeah. I, I look. I'll be honest. I completely understand where everyone but Zoe Saldana comes from on this issue. It seems like everyone else is correct on this issue but her. Because yeah. it's just like, the cab driver's like, oh, it will matter. And Ashton Kutcher's like, it will matter. And Percy Jones is like, it matters. But she's like, it doesn't matter. Evidently, it did for a small period of time. Yeah, so, so what is the movie trying to say on this issue? What do you think it's saying? A lot. Or is, or is it's, it's, I, it's, I think it's trying to say, for at least for this generation, the younger generation, which is Ashton Kutcher and Zoe Saldana, that it's not. But with Percy Jones, who may be from a different time, hmm. it is. And we definitely like get into that later in the film when they have the dinner scene with the grandfather. Yeah, and and it's, it is a big thing here. And that's like... It is the main point of the film. That it is about it is about race relationships. Mm. Obviously, it's the reverse of guess who's coming to dinner, but mm-hmm. it is the key point because he's from a different time where he may yeah. have experienced things differently to them. He obviously finds it quite difficult to understand this. Yeah. Hence, this scene where he thinks that the taxi driver is her. And girlfriend. this guy takes it full mileage, and he <laughs> takes it right to the end. So, as you would, if I was me, I would have said all this. I brought up a good. Robert, a good point. What I think really is Percy Jones is a tragic hero because from what we get about him is from the wife, you know, what she says about the relation between Percy and her father, very similar standoffish and they never got on. And the idea of what he used to be like when they went out originally, like when they started out, he was romantic, he would sing, he would be, she was enough for him. Like he could write vows just on her alone, but now He's rich, secure, comforted, and he's bigoted, and he's just ingrained in where he is in life. And this movie really is a coming-of-age story for Bernie Mac. And you watch him behave here where they're standing out on the front porch, and you look at that look of um, guess who's coming to dinner. If if that was the era and you were standing on your porch with someone of different skin, your neighbours would look at you weird. Exactly. And that's and that's what you're seeing here with Percy when he's standing it was all with Percy Jones. No, Percy Jones. When, I don't know who Percy, Percy Jones is, but Percy, Percy Jones. Jones. Percy Jones when he's standing uh, out on the front. There's the a bit, I think it's coming up soon, where Percy Jones says bullshit. Mm. Do you guys remember how he says it? I hope the subtitles that we have, because we watch this without sound with subtitles on, I hope it matches. But there's a bit where he goes like instead what we would say is like he's supposed to be like bullshit, but he goes Bullshit! And I'm just like, whoa, Percy. For someone who's so rich and manedly, that was quite, you know, out of character contact. But who's, it's like. Wait, who's Percy? Percy Jones. <laughs> oh, Percy Jones. Oh, Percy Jones, yes, he goes, Bullshit! And I'm just like, whoa, Percy Jones. Did you, did you guys find Ashton Kutcher's. I didn't know you guys were black line funny. Um, I found most of Ashton Kutcher's lines awkwardly funny. Mm. The- such as, hi, I'm not. 
Ashton Kutcher. I'm what was it? Simon, Simon Green. Green. <laughs> Simon Green. Why didn't they name him Simon White? I mean, come on. It would have been more appropriate because he's being treated as if his skin color is something weird. So now this is the movie where you need Seth Green <laughs> to be the main character. Maybe he is Seth Green's brother. Maybe this is like based in real life, and he's Seth Green's brother. Uh, it's like being John Malkovich. They were. Bu- <laughs> it's like being Seth Green's they- brother. He wasn't a main character, but Seth Green was in a few episodes of that family show. Oh, yeah, he was. So, Ashton Kutcher's, you know, he's very, uh, I think he's very underrated in this movie. I mm. think it's one of these roles in which it's, it's, a role hard, that, yeah, it's hard to play awkward mm. and still be charismatic and likable. And I think we, we people need to give credit to him because he carries off this sense of tension, this sense of worry throughout the whole movie whilst still being an engaging character, whilst, you know, still being one that we root for. Sometimes these kind of characters, including uh, uh, Meet the Parents, you know, you get a little bit sick of their indecision, you know? Like, with Meet the Parents, say, which is easy, and a lot of the reviews that I read compared the two, uh, it's very easy for you to lose respect for the characters because in comedies, when you have an indecisive character, they make really, really dumb mistakes. Like in Meet the Parents, you know, he steal, like he loses, the cats get lost and he buys another cat. In this movie, his mistake is that awkward, I'm not a racist mistake mm. thing whilst being racist. And that's something, unfortunately, is really more relatable than, oh, I bought another cat and died. It's tail black black might I add mm. this is a this is a beautiful scene this is this is a beautiful scene where he's obviously trying to get on side with Percy Jones and he's just trying to see that he's a regular guy who's into something and you know I think we've all been there when you tell a white lie to someone and then a just, white lie yeah. a white little white yes a white lie <laughs> and it gets it, you just get deeper and deeper and deeper into it until you sit there in the point of going oh my god what have I done yeah. And this this is the, this is the look you see on Ashton Kutcher's face. And the whole thing's expressed with Zoe Saldana just looking at him going, oh, what idiot. are you talking about? But she's and... slightly betrayed as well. Like, she doesn't know this information. Yeah. It's like, well, I never knew you were in NASCAR. And then eventually she sort of goes, you're a moron. You're an absolute moron. <laughs> My dad loves NASCAR. It's like, what? It's a white people's sport. <laughs> and it's like, why didn't he choose tennis? Drive a little fast and turn to the left. Oh, my God. So, um, Bartek, when you watch this... Uh, this movie. Yep, yesterday. Um, what was... Uh, you thought it was going to be the game? Guess who? No. That was my, <laughs> that was my initial thought when you said the how, title was. How long into the movie did you realise it wasn't Guess Who? Oh, you know, the part where he's saying uh, the sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so That's a Black Annie reference. So, you... Um, tell us something about your experience about watching this, Bartek. So, you watched it by yourself, I imagine. Yes. Dude, you got to watch these movies with your family because it is such an exhilarating experience watching these with family and friends and loved ones because, you know, well, you get Ryan, such a rip-roaring good time. When I had half an hour left, I paused the movie and went out you know, grocery shopping with my mom. Wait, you stopped the movie? I had to. I had to Did her. you stop the movie, Rob? Uh, no, I watched it straight through. Real hero. Mm. Just saying. So... Any... Mentally, I might have stopped a few times. But <laughs> to, to catch up on the themes yeah. and the deep meaning. So, Bartek. Yes. When you watch this, this movie, 
what was one of the, the the things that the movie has tried to tell us that really engaged with you? Like, we've talked about race stuff and whatever, but is there anything, including that, that you felt this movie communicated strongly or it just communicated effectively to you? I really liked how Simon was trying very hard throughout the whole movie to, you know, be himself, to get along with... Uh, Bernie Mac's character. Who? Percy Jones. Percy Jones. <laughs> Percy, Percy Jones. Jones. <laughs> I don't know who Bernie Mac is. I only know Percy Jones. You called him Bernie Mac earlier, Ryan. <laughs> I was wrong then. Yes. <laughs> but it's good that you admitted it. Percy Jones would be happy. So, yeah, go on. You were saying? Yes. Simon's trying very hard throughout the whole movie and there are a lot of times where, you know, Percy Jones, it really feels like he's unfair towards him. Mm. Especially the scene much later on where both of their partners get upset with them and they're constantly, like, belting out all these things that they did wrong that are making the partners upset. It's showing that even though I was on Simon's side for a lot of the movie, yeah, they both have a lot of faults. And like you said, it is a coming-of-age story for both of them. They both learn from each other. They have the whole thing about how their partners are their other halves, Mm. but also... In the idea of masculinity, they work together to find another half of masculinity that they need to be a proper partner. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. You know, I learned something, too, whilst you were talking. Something that really communicated across to me, and, you know, I've never noticed this before. But Zoe Zaldana has a very attractive back. Uh, I just, I've never been attracted to backs before, but thanks, Zoe. You really awoke something in me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Rob. <laughs> yeah, you laughed up. Yep. It's serious, though. Rob, you're a filmmaker, or at least you've studied film and you work in film. When you want to... Cre- have you ever created your own film? Uh, uh, I've, I've, wor- I've, worked, I've worked with a team to produce uh, some film, but nothing that's been solely my own imagination, usually because uh... every time I try and create something, I write the start of something in my head that will be awesome and then I change the idea halfway through yeah. and something else. So I'm very I'm very poor at finishing them, but well, you know, I'm this, an ideas man. This director, I've got the trivia up right here and I needed to read this word for word from the IMDb trivia. But first, may I just say I love how that's her sister is a lot like She's a characterization of typical black jive women that you get in. She, she, she's a little bit more ghetto than the rest of the family, ghetto, I guess you might say. Yeah. Uh, whereas, and, you know, per- yeah. Percy is a man, you know, wearing a nice suit and the family's a nice house. And she rolls in. And she's like, I'm not a hoe. With with, with big earrings, with, you know, the perm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, we're not. it's not a stereotype, but like you're saying, she's a stereotype. Yeah, she is. Her so, actress's name... She's not K-Stew, but she is a K-Stew. Wow, she's a K-Stew. So, Bartek, I want you to read the the, the trivia for the director's reasonings of why he made this movie, Rob. You you haven't heard this? I think I actually might have read this this morning. I think think it's the one. Yeah, Go Go on, Bartek. It is emotional stuff. Listening people, brace yourselves for this. The director's reason for making the film? Quote, I have a 12 and a half year old daughter who's beautiful. Yep. And I'm sure she's going to come home one day with some Lithuanian, Samoan, punk rock drummer dude, and I thought if I did this movie, I'd be able to work out my issues before that day comes. <laughs> 36 of 36 people found this interesting. As a Lithuanian, Samoan, punk rock drummer, I'm actually pretty upset by that comment. So Well, yeah. Here's what I love. 
This is a made. This is an adaptation, loose one, on a cinematic classic, and mm. I love. You can really imagine that this director. Very, very loose. Very. This loose. very loose. <laughs> he sat there and watched that movie, and he was like, you know, I have problems with race too. Uh, this movie's inspired me. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to make it, but better. Because you always try to make films better than other films. I think mm. that's, you, you know. Yeah, Female like, Ghostbusters. Female Ghostbusters. You know, you try to make better, bigger, better. And this guy was like, i got issues with Samoans, apparently. Mm. And Lithuanians, because everyone has problems with Lithuanians. Yeah, from Lithuanian. and, punk, and punk rock. Where, what's, your, what's your cultural heritage, Rob? Um, my cultural heritage is, I don't know, Quite boring, in my opinion. Uh, both sides of my family came to Australia in the 1850s. <sighs> one from England, one from Scotland. So it's... Yeah. yeah. yeah I, okay. I, I find myself to be quite dull. Other people say that's about quite interesting, but I yeah, well, I have no I have no interest. Oh, I have a few interesting stories in my family, but nothing well, we all do. related to me. So it's kind of awkward that we're doing a movie about racism and we're both Polish and you're not. You kind of... Guess who's coming to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's all I'm saying. Like, you know, we haven't had a Polish guest on yet, so you, you, maybe one day. You pointed out how this movie is the opposite of uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner because it's the reverse the races of the blacks. Yes, and the whites. Mm. Um, it flips it. Yeah, it also reversed uh, the careers of the main character because my understanding of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which I haven't seen, is that the black man is a really well-to-do yes, really Swiss smart. doctor. Yes, and in this Sydney movie, Poitier, yeah. yeah, and in this movie they keep pointing out how the main character is this really well awkward white guy who's recently unemployed. Mm. Yeah, but the impression is he's a rising star. He's really got a good head on his shoulders. He's really business savvy, blah blah blah. And why he's unemployed, which we do find out, is he he takes honor and his moral values over. Everything else. Yes. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Morals uh, or just the black sister? No, being incredibly no, no. I'm, I'm laughing at this scene because this this is a great sibling scene. Oh, where she's crying. Do you two have siblings? Yeah, I have an older yeah. sister. Yeah, so it's especially as the I have a young, older sister as well, and it is, it is always a great thing when you're growing up when the older sibling or everything else when someone did something so dumb in the family that, that you you can you, you, you can just sit there and go yes like they've broken that boundary for you. like for me my sister you know like. You know, when she became a team, went out and paid and, you know, went out, yeah. you know, went out and did things and came home late at night. Uh, and she, could... she broke that boundary. So by the time it was, I got to that age, it was normal. And that's a great scene where she sits there and goes, Please. You, there's li- literally nothing worse you can do. Like, you brought a white guy home. I, I could, could burn I, the house down. I'm going I'm to set the house on fire. And you know what? <laughs> Percy Jones is going to be like, I still love you. So, you know. I love how we all have our Percy Jones impersonation. <laughs> how can you not? <laughs> our, reservation, our, reser- our reservation for Percy Jones. Yeah. Jones, Jones, the J. Funny, funny fact: this 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 hotel owner, this hotel not owner, this receptionist here, she's in the movie White Chicks. Another movie about race. Race isn't that interesting? Mm. Isn't that interesting? I would like to look up her career and see if she only stars in movies about racism. So I suppose White Chicks is a precursor. Guess who? Sorority boys crossover. 
God, I love... Guess who made Mean Girls is watching. <laughs> I love Mean Girls. It's so underrated. Also, did she, she points out oh, why... Oh, these guys. She points out why all the hotels are booked. How did she describe it? Oh, it's like some meeting of blah, 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 of these guys. But he just knocks off his face and this old guy's like, oh, I'm so upset. But then he sees this woman. He's like, oh, yeah, ooh, ooh. Like, he's so happy. I like how Percy Jones denies that it's raining <laughs> like he's that guy who would literally yell at thin air like he's like take your thin air like he's just insanely uh stubborn if ashton kutcher would have said yeah you know what it's not gonna rain do you think percy jones would have you know? yeah he would have been like i know the weather it's definitely gonna rain so here we go uh you know we've been introduced to a ton of characters but boy rob there are more characters being introduced in this yeah, movie. I mean, we haven't even seen are. Marcus yet. We, we haven't, haven't even seen. seen <laughs> we haven't seen for a while. We haven't seen a lot of the family. We haven't seen the Samoan guy. We haven't seen. Do the... you find it interesting that the director had a problem with Samoan people, and then at the end of the movie, there's, the there's, other there's, sisters there's, dating there's a Samoan an, uh, man? Yeah, an, uh, quite like, an islander looking man. Yeah. And, they, and they made a point that they broke up. They made a point that they broke up. Like, oh yeah, I couldn't get on with Samoan. So I guess the director never let go of the Samoan <laughs> anger. This. <laughs> This this is a beautiful scene. Yes, I'm a big fan of Lou Reed. Yeah. This this is a great scene where they're in the car and he just you know, oh, there's so much tension there. And like, have you you've ever been on an awkward car ride and you yeah. just go, all right, let's just turn the radio on. Yeah, and then it's and, the worst choice and you could have made. And it's, a, it's a song about black and white people. Yeah, Evan and, and it's I'm, I like to think the director had a very good laugh when he chose that song. Yeah, he chose a few songs. Remember, a they already had this one. Was, they had. Walk, take a walk on the wild side in yeah. which the lyrics yeah. from Lou Rita and the colored girls go, go do, 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 do and on the topic do, 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 of take a walk on the wild side what did Ashton Kutcher do earlier in this movie he <laughs> he cross-dressed in lingerie oh my god in that 70s show oh. there is a scene where he cross-dresses in lingerie and that song plays interesting stuff that Lou Reed is played in things that's interesting uh, so, it's good that they play songs. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Take a walk on the wild side is his cross dress. Maybe that was the alternative title for this movie. Take a walk on the wild side. Fun. There fact. is an alternative title. Yeah, I know the dinner party. Yeah. Fun fact, Rob and Bartek. Bartek, you already already know this. The budget for this film, they spent a hundred thousand dollars on digital effects. I wrote this down. I wrote this down. This is one of the three things I wrote down because I read this this morning and I was so upset by this. Okay, so. This is, this is from the trivia facts. An estimated cost of $100,000 was spent on digital effects to remove Ashton Kutcher's red Kabbalah bracelet in every scene that he appeared in. Now, when I first read this, like, the half the, first half of this film, all I've been doing is looking at any scene where you can see his, his hands. Yeah. Because, like... Like, so funny. I, or I just think I'm like either A, the director is not paying attention, or B, Ashton Cooks is a bit of a dick because he's like, <laughs> someone's obviously going, um, can you take that off? He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no Ashton Cooks like, does man. not take off my red Kabbalah bracelet. So thank you very much. Oh my That's God. a lot of money. Here's the thing. That's a lot of money. $100,000. Maybe he's got really shy some, wrists. He's like, I just yeah. want CGI wrists. They're, I'm really shy there's about my wrists. There's some really struggling independent artists out there who could really have used $100,000 for their film and they gave it to guess who? And they're like, imagine the studio conversation. It's like, Spielberg, let's say he was doing, I can't remember what he was doing around the time, but it's like, say he needed some money for a crucial scene in War of the Worlds and they're like, Sorry, Spielberg. Can't give it to you. It's like, why? I would give you the 100000 We know you're reliable, but Ashton we spent Kutcher it on digital... Like his bracelets off. <laughs> Typical Kutcher. Maybe, maybe... And that's when... And that's when he, like, Spielberg turns around and goes, 
Yes, I knew from when he auditioned for Schindler's List that he was a bad egg. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I mean, you know, he, there was a bit of time before he was in anything major, and I feel like the problem was because he couldn't get anyone to sign off on his bracelet clause, which is like, <laughs> his I'm, bracelet. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not partaking in Steve Jobs. It's unless me I can or wear, the bracelet. Yeah, I'm like, uh, the bracelet comes with me, right? <laughs> it's a bracelet or nothing. Yeah. One movie, it's going to be called Dude, Where's My Bracelet? And it's just this movie. <laughs> And they're like looking for it. And you know, oh, fun fact this movie spends a majority of time in the basement, mm. just like that 70s show. Coincidence? I think so. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Here's, here, here we have another scene where we're setting up, obviously, a bit later on, and it's, mm. it's the vows of Percy Jones because Percy all, Jones' all, vows. Already, we've, like, we know that it's the 25th wedding anniversary. We've met Percy Jones. We know how cold he can be. And here we're seeing that he obviously has a problem, you know, sharing his emotions with people. Yeah. And this is a very good insight into that and into the mind of what is Percy Jones. And also those unbelievably awesome purple pyjamas, which I'm so jealous yeah, of. Yeah, they're kind of purpley blue, aren't they? I love Percy Jones. Um, I just love him. Uh, Bernie Mac. Let's talk about Bernie. How do we feel about Bernie? Do we have any connection to him as a him as he was as a performer? I watched the. I'll go into myself first. I watched the Bernie Mac show. Not a lot of it. Uh, I loved Bernie Mac in that show. He was really fun, energetic. He has a real kind of cynical nature about him, but you know he's a good guy deep down. Like I felt like Bernie Mac would be a great guy to kind of hang out with, stern but fair. And then I saw him in Old Dogs, which was technically one of his last movies, like his last film, it's arguable. And I've seen him in Soul Men with Samuel Jackson, which is also his last film as well. He's incredible. He was incredible, and it's a great loss that we don't have Bernie. What about you, Bartek? What's your relation with Bernie? There's really not that much to say about it because I only really know him as, you know, Jimmy Lunchbox from Old Dogs. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Lunchbox. That was his character's name, guys. I know, but his name. Go on. So Percy Jimmy... Jones and Jimmy Lunchbox on an adventure. Yeah, so twin brothers. So Percy Lunchbox is really all I really know of Bernie Mac. But I gotta say, and Old Dogs, is, it's been a while and he wasn't as major of a character as he mm. was in this movie. In this movie... You really can't take your eyes off of him because no. he's and his giant scar he, near his eye. I couldn't take my eyes off of that and going, what happened there? He's, he's selling the whole movie really well. Yeah, yeah I, I believe he carries this movie on his shoulders really, really well. What about you, Rob? Do you have any kind of relation with Bernie? Not really. Um, so you, my my sister used to watch Charlie's Angels a lot when I was growing up. Oh yeah, he was in the second one. He was in the second one as Bill Murray. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he, he was he was awesome in it. As um, Bill Murray, he was he, he was he does a very good good movie. But that I was like that. I, yeah, I never I never really watched the Bernie Mac show. Hmm. I'm trying to think what other films I've seen him in, but yeah, yeah I, I don't really recall many major films. This is like this is this is the most screen time I've, I've given Bernie Mac. Oh, and, and, and now that now that I've watched this, I'm probably going to go back and watch some of his other films. And are we all heartbroken that he died? He did die, you know, rather rather unfortunately. Like it was just out of the blue. No one yeah, expected it. It, it, it was one of the reasons why. Old Dogs was delayed, which is why it's his last released film, even though you said Soul Men was the last one. Yeah, I think there was a in. thing about it. But yeah, this movie is a great testament to the comedic genius of Bernie Mac, I think. He, he, he we sorely missed. Comedic and, uh, and dramatic. Oh yeah. I honestly think that Bernie Mac could have been like... Um, like Eddie Murphy in the ways of being able to do dramatic and comedy at the same time. I felt like... 
maybe I haven't seen enough of Bernie's work, but I felt like he could have gone on to do Oscar contending work. I really do genuinely believe that. Even as a comedic role in a in a serious film, it doesn't matter. I think Bernie really had the talent and the charisma and the chops to, to be a, a genuinely uh, serious A-grade actor, but we'll never get that. I love how he, he hits his head on that and you think that's going to be set up for something, but it never goes anywhere. I actually wrote that in my notes. I'm like, oh, he hit his own head on that on that light thing. Maybe that's going to be set up later. No. They just left that out taken. <laughs> like, it's like, whoops. Left that one in there. So, uh, so she's uh, the mum. We haven't talked about the, the, the mum. She yeah. seems really cool. Yeah. Uh, the mum. The mum. <laughs> <laughs> she, is, she is pretty cool. She's... She's mummy warbucks. Yeah. yeah. She's very much uh, the... Heart and soul. The foil to Percy Jones. Percy Jones is her name. She's the better half. Is her name mm. Percy Jones too? <laughs> I don't know. It could just uh, be. But better half. That's a better word Ma- than foil. Marilyn. Her name's Mar- Marilyn. Marilyn. Marilyn Jones. <laughs> wasn't, that the, wasn't that the sprinter? No. Yeah. Marilyn yeah. Jones. Uh, um, Simon mentions earlier that he's better with mums, and it mm. helps a lot that this mum is really cool with him. Mm. She's very much of um. What's his partner's name? Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Zoe Saldana. She he, she's very much of Zoe Saldana's thought process of uh, it doesn't matter that he's white, really. Yeah, but it does. Uh, in their world, I love. I will comment on this. The casting for the family is very well done, and I uh, I think the acting really pulls it off. Like you get this sense of family, but they actually do really genuinely kind of look like one another. Like you know, Zoe Saldana shares a lot of the same kind of facial facial features. As the mum and uh, and uh, the sister has the same kind of darker darker skin tone as as Bernie. I think they really did well with the casting. I think in movies like this where mm. they do cast families and whatever, it's sometimes really easy just to be like, ah, oh, they're, they're good actors. It's yeah. like and you, they, you go you go they don't look like each other, but this film they're, I really they're think a they very did believable well. family. Yeah. Oh, well, his I, back is hurt. I he thought, thought this I was thought, gonna go somewhere. Yeah, else, same. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie comes in. There he is. The hero and he just sees his boss and with a massager and he's like and now Whoa. we're back into another one of Percy's homoerotic scenes with his friends because because <laughs> we, we didn't we didn't touch like we didn't we didn't touch on it earlier when they were sleeping in the bed yeah. together and we'll come back to it because they definitely get back in that bed again together yeah because we were profoundly <laughs> this whole scene about, yeah, we, we were, this we were, whole we were, scene is like they make jokes about being gay yeah accidentally yeah and it's like so homophobic and per- Percy is so strong and you know, very Hard. conservative, mm. and then you get these moments where he's like massage me. Yeah, I he's and a I, cuddler. And I, and I love, he's a cuddler. He is a, <laughs> he is a cuddler, and I love I love this story about Jamal. Jamal, the guy who <laughs> you yeah, know, friends with Mrs. King, Doctor Crosby, and Reverend Jackson. I love it. He's like, oh man, oh man, hook me up. And then he's like, Reggie's like, hook me up, man. I love the Cosby's. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, Jamal better not find out about this white boy. <laughs> and he's like, poor Jamal. He doesn't even exist. My daughter's, oh, the great black hope is the daughter dating. Yeah. I love this movie so much. It hurts. Could this be the best movie ever made? Probably. Um, definitely. With, with the look on Reggie's face, I think it probably is. <laughs> So, I, I don't know what Ashton Kutcher's doing. Uh, there's lots of times in this movie where Bernie Mac looks genuinely annoyed by Ashton Kutcher. And I wonder if that was genuinely talented acting or genuine feelings mm. on the actor's parts. Because I feel like I would not like Ashton Kutcher because he refuses to take off his fucking bracelet. I mean, $100,000. Well, again, we don't know if 
that was just something they <laughs> overlooked or if he was being a dick about it. I right? think they overlooked it. No, it's in the course. No, it's in his contract. <laughs> I need my bracelet, dang it. No, it, this this maybe $100,000. Now, did you hear Ashton Kutcher's actually a very talented actor, though? Because mm. in, the, in the trivia, he suggested that his... Ca- that's a guy from Numbers, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. You would think that, yeah, th- th- that he came up with a great idea that his character be Jewish. So it's not just a race thing, but an interfaith conflict as well. But the director didn't have those problems to work out, mm. so he didn't do them. <laughs> no. But you know what? <laughs> the director... He's, uh, no offence, but this film is, you know, it has racist moments on purpose. Mm. But it has these homophobic moments too that we, mm. we do get. And I wonder, did the director just go, I don't have any homophobic problems that I want to work out. It's just, it's just in there. It just, it just comes out in his directing. Is this, this is it. Yeah, it's played off for humour, which can be very awkward in normal things, wouldn't mm. you say, guys? But this movie, they're just like, yeah, it's a funny thing. So it's like, yeah, we could tick it off. Bernie Mac, how would you feel, Rob, if you turn around? And Bernie Mac was just standing there. Behind me? Yeah. I'd be quite scared. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a menacing man. Okay, how about if I rephrase the question? How would you feel if you turned around and Percy Jones was standing behind you? <laughs> That'd be cool. I'd be, I'd be pretty stunned. Yeah. And he's giving you the stare? <laughs> the stare? Where his eyes look like they're coming out of his head? Yeah, the, I'd be pretty the, scared. To be fair, for, stare. for most of that phone call, he was just sitting there looking at him. Yeah, <laughs> like what was he going through his mind as an actor? I wonder. Where it's like, what what could he possibly want? Why is he coming to my work? I gotta play. Like, what was my what was his character's name in Old Dogs? Jimmy uh, Lunchbox. I gotta play Jimmy Lunchbox at six. Come on, Ashton. Well, I was like four years after. <laughs> I gotta play it at four. Come on, Ashton. <laughs> so, Rob, you know how movies sometimes are based in reality. Mm-hmm. Would you say this movie is based in reality? Definitely. Yeah, as do, as do I, as do I, because when I have a conflict with Bartek about whether or not he's a NASCAR driver, I settle it by going to a go-kart track and trying to kill him. You're, yeah, you're leading to one of my favourite bits where it's just, (laughs) hmm, how do I, how can we settle this argument? Go-karts. That's it's the only way I like family matters. Like if me and my mum have an argument, it's like, well, off to the go kart track we go. <laughs> well, with, with this movie, I'm, I'm not washing the dishes. Go kart it is. It's Let's a go. precedent that your older older siblings set. It's yeah. like whenever they had an argument with mum and dad, they went go karting, and now it's just a family tradition. Yeah. I suppose with this movie, because they they're doing it to settle the whole NASCAR issue that they're yeah. still talking about, and NASCAR, I don't think it's is something driving. that you can necessarily just casually say. Let's go NASCARing or something. Yeah, but I will be honest, he's rich enough to buy or rent a car. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, why didn't he actually go to, like, a proper racetrack thing? What, they didn't have him in Jersey? Also, the fact that they everyone in everything in media hates New Jersey. I don't know what's wrong with New Jersey, but it's like, there's always a joke about, ugh, New Jersey. It's like, it's the worst. Well, Jer- Jersey's a city just out... Well, it's obviously it's in New Jersey State, but it's just outside of New York City. And they're just like, oh, it's the worst. You know, it's... it's you know, it's, it's your dra- geographical equivalent of Melbourne to Geelong. Obviously, they're both twenty times bigger, yeah. but it's it's that kind of thing where they're not too far away from each other, and it's that kind of stigma of well, we're better here, and everyone down there is a little bit funny. Yeah, it's nice that we have another movie with go karting though. <laughs> yeah, hey, here's something. I even if you are a qualified NASCAR driver, would go karting be simple? Because I think go karting in NASCARs. 
have quite a difference to them. Yeah. Yeah. Such as the steering wheels are like, like middle well... and they jerk and when you jerk right, you really jerk right mm. in a go-kart. I feel like there is some kind of measurement of difference between the two. They could have just gone and played Crash Team Racing on so... go-kart. <laughs> <Could> <laughs> just, you... just the face of Bernie Mac in that car. Oh, Who? Oh, oh Percy, sorry, Percy Jones. Jones. Sorry. Here's something. Now, when you're making that face, I just want to hear Rob's homoerotic theory more. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm really cliffhanging on this homoeroticism as well. We have plenty well, it's, of time. Oh, well, but it's it's the it's the underlying subtext where he Simon Green enters his world and he's jealous that his daughter has brought home a hottie and <laughs> and it's it, it's it starts subtle like he he's very in denial about it which is why he's he like, wants him out of his house but then they and, bond they they share a night together they, they cuddle <laughs> they go go karting like. You know, this is this is a, this is a first date. This is a first date. He's like, well, I like you. I'm going to take you go karting, <laughs> and if I don't kill you, then maybe this can happen. Yeah, and then I'm going to this... ram you from behind. Yeah, my go <laughs> pretty much. And you know, you can already see that's there with with um, Reggie, and then with is it Dante, the guy? Yeah, Dante. Dante. Everyone's like, favorite character. Everyone's my favorite character. Dante. And this this is great. Like, what kind of go karting car just has a hedge instead of you know a, fence. a, safe, a, fence, a safety <laughs> a barrier? Simple fence. Well, and they did fun. have barriers earlier. Yeah, they did have barriers. And, but like the one part where you're going straight. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're just like nah. That's, that, I think they'd be liable to sue, but they get a ticket for it. Mm. Yeah, they get just a plain old ticket. And the police. Oh, I do love third contender for favorite after Dante. Like it goes. Uh, Marcus, Dante, and then this police officer. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know how sometimes in movies and shows, you see a character and you wonder what their movie, like you feel like they're in a different movie. I feel like Marcus and this police officer are in the same movie that's just outside of this one. So the police officer is just like, he looks over and he's just like, what did you do? And I just imagine his movie is like this intense crime drama. And Marcus, Marcus is just saved like, his, his life. And Marcus, and Marcus is like, his friend who works at the papers and he's like, it's like Zodiac, mm. but with Marcus like, and this police officer instead of J. Hall and Rob Downey Jr. Like, I've always, I've always <laughs> loved the two valets from Fellas, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They oh, just yeah. had the smallest part in the film, but they, and they, they drive, steal They it. have their own movie. <laughs> yeah, they steal it. They have their own movie. I love, there's there also, a, there's also like a valet in this movie as mm. well that could have his own movie. So this scene right here The is, infamous scene. It's Roger Ebert's favourite scene from this movie. He Fuck gave this Roger movie, Ebert. He didn't like Sorority Boys. He didn't. But he gave this one three out of four stars. Roger Ebert, the critically acclaimed critic, gave this three out of four. So this is the Not one five. that... <laughs> nah, five's old school. <laughs> four's... I give Fight Club 5 out of 7 so (laughs) this movie's trailers really advertise this dinner scene like this is this is the pinnacle scene I I think we can all be honest this scene is what if we did like a a film class and Mm. you needed to do a scene this would be the scene you write about for this movie. This sums up everything about movies: There's, the character dynamics, the relationships, the meaning, theme. It's very well filmed. It's quick, and because you've got a lot of characters at a table, it's and funny. you're moving around, you're coming between them, and you've got to be able to show the relationships between shock because you've got yeah. Simon and Zoe Saldana's character, who I keep forgetting her name. So I'm just going to keep calling her Zoe Saldana. Teresa. Teresa. You get them together. You get the shots of him, Percy Jones by himself. You get the family together, and they really set it up as going. Almost like there's sides, like like there's teams versus each other in yeah. this moment of them together. It's them versus us, it's us mm. versus them. And what I love about this scene is it really walks that tightrope of 
suspense and tension. Lots of tension. Tension very similar to David Finch's work in the movie Seven. And comedy. It's really hard to walk the line between... It's like this is very reminiscent. And I'm not saying that this got inspired by, but it could have been by the funny how scene in Goodfellas with Joe Pesci in which Ray Liotta is telling this joke and he's like, you're funny. And then it just becomes this really tense scene about like, how am I funny? How am I? This is this scene yeah. where this is like, oh, tell us these jokes. huh? We'll find them. And they laugh and they're like, ah, no more, more until they wait for that one they all agree is, which might I add, uh, it's hard because this, look, I'm not saying that it's, appropriate that three white straight males uh talk about race issues between black and white people oh no we're, we're definitely the right people for this yeah. <laughs> we're definitely the white people for this and uh i did not find his joke <laughs> that ended the laughter mm. as offensive as some of the other jokes that he told mm. i found it like there was a couple there, there was one that was very clever it like, was we'll lead into it it's it's very clever. But... I think it builds and builds, and then that mm. one's like, yeah, I thought it was going to be like, I knew that it was building to the really offensive joke that would break them. You could tell that was filmmaking, but mm. I, I was like, wait, that's the joke? I thought it was going to be like one where he actually says like the N word or mm. something, but no, no. Is actually, is that, is that, is it used in this movie? No. The, I don't the, think it is. The N word? For, oh. for a movie where obviously race is such a big issue, they, they don't do it. And look, it's because it's a family film. Yeah, that's it. Like, but it's also is... trying to be guess who's coming to dinner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but this is like this is the kind of film that you can still take. I'm not going to say like a small child, but you could still take like a teenager to go see. Oh yeah, film, teens you know? love Bernie Mac. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> that's what the kids are into these days. I'm up on pop culture. <laughs> Put that in the poster, Johnny. Yeah. Teens love all, Bernie all Mac. Kids on Tumblr, they're all over Bernie Mac. <laughs> no, you know Bernie Mac's more of a Reddit guy. Mm, definitely. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, it's funny when you were talking about this scene. You mentioned the word tightrope. Roger Ebert also used that. Uh, uh, well, it's clear that, that Roger scene. Ebert was inspired by me in the past. Yes, he was. He's, he was talking about how this movie really tries to walk the tightrope of, you know, the racist kind of humour and how it's perceived and all that kind of stuff. And he felt like the movie, as much as he did think... I think he gave a thumbs up. Uh, yeah, a thumbs up as well. He said that he wished the movie talked to, like, did that a bit <laughs> this more. This is it, isn't it? This is the joke. Watching... <laughs> Oh, the Tiger Woods yeah, joke. The Tiger Woods joke. It's a very good joke. That was a very, very clever joke. It, it still is holds very... up today, even though Tiger Woods is not as a nice guy as yeah. he is back yeah. then. Well, I, I, I thought, like, oh, I didn't mind the Adam and Eve one. <laughs> they, yeah. were actually, they were actually solid. They were solid jokes. Uh, and I just love how Ashton kind of gets into it. Like, yeah. you feel like, hey, maybe Ashton Kutcher could be a good stand-up comedian because he has mm. good timing, good... Maybe, that, maybe that's filmmaking. I just love how he's just joining in. Like, Everybody's doing one. the rip I'm going to be like, <laughs> Come on, mate, Whoa. stop. Whoa, he's a rib fan. Don't try. Yeah. Like and Bernie Mac, he keeps telling... Sorry, Percy Jones keeps telling him to yeah. keep going. The hoedowns. Actually, all of them are good. But I thought the first one about the AfroTurf was, like, the most... Effe- <laughs> like, yeah. okay, if you had to swap the Get a Job one and the AfroTurf one, if you swap them around, I would be complaining less about them being like, oh... That's offensive because I thought, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I'm not black. Um, I thought the AfroTurf one was, like, more obviously offensive than than this one about the jobs. Oh, <laughs> but it's yeah, still awkward. It is awkward. All of and them are awkward. It is awkward. And it's already an awkward scene. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've had this moment before in your life where you've 
had your like a significant person in your life invite you to their family's mm. occasion and people want to get to know you and sitting down at a dinner table can already be an awkward moment because mm. everything that comes out of your mouth is hinging on them going he's mm. a good guy he's a good guy or he's, he's not terrible. or he's insane or he's what a bunch of things and the mm. fact that you've already got this overlaying <laughs> you know racism issue makes it just more awkward and awkward and awkward. Well, you could say this whole podcast is just us sitting here at the dinner table with you, the audience, mm. judging. Are they making fair comments? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I love how she's looking at him like, you're an idiot. It's like, well, you joined in. You she helped. She was laughing. You motivated him. And now after this, they try and have sex in the kitchen here. And I thought Bernie, I mean, Percy Jones, Percy Mac was going to walk in and be like, I'm Percy Jones, you know, I can see everywhere. Remember that when he's like, Percy Jones can see everything. It's like, mm. wouldn't it be weird if it was like, meet the parents where he does have cameras all over the house? Mm. And like, why does he? He's like, well, I work for the bank. <laughs> it's like, I can afford it. Not like he's an FBI, CIA agent. Mm. It would be great if these two movies, if, if Guess Who and meet the parents were in the same universe and like Percy mm. Jones has to take out a loan for <laughs> you know meet Ben Stiller <laughs> their neighbours <laughs> so you know this movie doesn't rely on puns like you know meet the parents and meet the fuckers I mean mm. really meet the fuckers come on mm. but so like, this is just oh like, meet the fuckers oh uh, you got it after 10 years <laughs> Those little fuckers. Oh, come on. <laughs> now it turns into a hardcore porno with Zoe Saldana and Ashton Kutcher. Who knew? Guess who's coming? His dick is very big. <laughs> that's, the, that's the porn version of it. And this. apparently his dick is very big. Guess who's... Guess. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> when that's I um, downloaded a copy of this, my girlfriend uh, walked up to me. I was doing something else and it was on her computer and she goes, guess who finished? And I'm like, who? I don't know. Who, who finished? And she's like... No, guess who finished? And I'm like, who? What did they do? I'm so confused. <laughs> and it's so confusing because this movie doesn't even have a question mark. Mm. So it's more of a statement. Like, guess who? Guess, guess, well, guess what? F- what are we guessing? To be fair, guess who is kind of a statement thing. Mm. It's but really... it's a question as well. Like, guess who? It's, it's a demand kind of, isn't it? Guess who? Guess who could I? You, this could be a horror film called Guess Who, and this is someone who goes around killing people, and before they do, they say, "Guess who? <laughs> it's Percy Jones." And then they kill you. When they before they kill you, they have their hands over their faces, like, "Where is he? Guess who?" And he's like, "Oh my God, it's Bernie Mac!" No, and he's like stabs you, and then. And then it's like a game, and he leaves. You know, in the game, guess who? The little, uh, the little chips that you have. He just leaves those on the eyes of the victims, <laughs> with like a little red crosses on them. And he's like, they look like the person he's killed. Have you ever seen the image of it was an edit of a person playing Guess Who with Samuel L. Jackson, and he's asking, "Does he look like a bitch?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite one is there's this comedy sketch group, and they have Guess Jew. In which they're guessing Jewish people, and he's like, "Were you in the 1980s, 90s film? Were you in the 1980s and 90s? Were you in The Fly?" It's like, yeah. It's like, were you in Jurassic Park? It's like, yeah. Are you Jeff Goldblum? It's like, you know it. And it's like, it's like, guess Jew. And it's like all these other Jewish games, like they're like circumcision instead of operation. But the best one was just they're doing all these themes like Messiah Trap. But the best one is just Monopoly and just move on, like it's not different. Uh, Calm down, Bartek. 
It's okay, we're Polish. We can we can we can say these things. I don't know why. So this thing, the tango, we haven't talked about the tango. Oh yeah, the tango is a thing in this movie. Uh um uh the tango. They well, it, build it, it up. It rep it represents something that she's interested in that Percy Jones couldn't give a rat's ass about. Yeah, it and is another it, sign of it's, his... It's a representation of lacking. him lacking that human side to him, lacking that feminine in him mm. that, you know... He needs more femininity other than cuddles. <laughs> that's what he needs. And this is that representation of that where she's got this desire and this lust for something and it, it this this is what represents their marriage because... It's a tango. It is a tango, and for and it's a structured dance. It is, and they've been doing very good at it. And then it's hit this point now where he doesn't snap. No, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't give her the snap that kind of gives her an orgasm. And, uh, <laughs> and that's 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 a great Percy Jones line. Look here, woman. Let's do this another time. He says, "Look here." He calls them. Woman. woman a lot and I don't know if it's yeah. like okay we haven't even right, so we're talking, talking about racism and homosexuality sexism. we haven't touched the sexism in this film there's a bit where it's like I earn the money woman and I'm like holy shit Ryan yeah. what year was Sorority Boys again uh, I think it was like 2003 oh so this is after sexism, sexism ended, ended forever so here they are in the bed hmm. how do you feel about that Rob turned on um yeah, you I, were yeah. hoping that the fishing hook would get him in an erotic area. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, I don't know. I would feel really uncomfortable having Percy Jones spoon me. Ah, uh, would you? As a tender hugger. Yeah, I mean, I'd feel I'd feel uncomfortable. I feel weird with, if Ashton Kutcher was spooning. Bernie. I'd feel really uncomfortable, but at the same time, I'd kind of feel like protected. Like nothing yeah, bad will happen to you. That's how he feels. Nothing bad will happen to you when Percy Jones. That's <laughs> how he feels. It was established that they both move around in their sleep a lot, but. Mm. The, Bernie, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. Percy, Percy Jones, Jones or <laughs> because, Bernie Jones, because he's the more dominant of the two. Yeah, he's a man. He's the one that can fall asleep comfortably, and therefore he gets the you know ability to move around in his sleep. Whereas Ashton Kutcher, he can't fall asleep, so he can't do all the weird stuff. I will be honest. Zoe Saldana is one of those actresses that I do um, respect because she's worked hard. If you look at her IMDb list to troll through that. She has worked really hard. She's been in a lot of terrible movies. She's been in a lot of great movies mm. and a mount of, and a whole huge ton of She's unappreciated masterpieces. Avatar. As an, as an Avatar person. Yeah, but it's still important. Mm. And she's been in lots and lots of things. She's really worked hard to get where she is now. And it's kind of surprising she was an Avatar. But I really think, to be honest, in my personal opinion, Hitch, uh, uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is really what pushed her into the public eye. Like People are like, yeah, Zoe Saldana, man. Maybe I'm wrong. That's where I kind of went, yeah, I noticed her. And, you know, uh, I think she's she deserves it. She's worked hard. Like, people like Ashton Kutcher and even Bernie Mac haven't worked as hard as Zoe Saldana has to get where they were at. They did one or two big things or they were really good at a certain field, like Bernie Mac's stand-up comedian and then he's gone into films. Ashton Kutcher just did 70s show and then he's gone on. But she's been, she was in Pirates of the Caribbean for Christ's sake. Like, did you know, you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, everyone, yeah? Mm -hmm. In the second Pirates of the Caribbean, spoiler, at the end, Barbosa returns. They're running? they're running to their graves. <laughs> they're running to the fort. They're running into their car. They're running into the fort, remember? They're getting ready for war, Oh, man. that's right. So, in the end of Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Barbosa, Jeffrey Rush returns. Originally in the script, and according to the actors, they were expecting Zoe Saldana to be the one. Where it rocks up and it's her, and they're like, oh my god, she was going to be this big character, but then they cut her out for Jeffrey Rush. 
See, she's worked hard, and I think this is the real shining piece of her work. She gives so many emotions in this movie. Happiness, sexiness, joy. She's very horny in this movie, actually. Um, surprisingly, like 90% of the time she's just trying to get sex. Which is, I respect that, because, you know, Zoe wanting to get sex, good yeah. for her. And in the scene... <laughs> In great. the scene where... Great for her. In the scene that I think you described earlier as a bitch party, was it? Yes, that's yeah. in the film later. In that scene, she's very much trying to oppose what they're saying at times. Like, she mm. wants to talk to uh, Simon about the whole relationship. Yeah, problem. but then she's shut down she's by... She's shut down a lot by them. Matriarchy. Who, as we know from Marcus being a fantastic character, <laughs> they're Marcus. in the wrong. <laughs> Marcus is the best character in cinema. I want his movie where he's a gruff, stern, lovable doctor who's found the cure for cancer, but... He's woken up late at night by his wife having a bitch party and they have a domestic dispute and the movie is a back and forth, uh, you know, psychological mind game between man and woman, but he's trying to figure out how to cure cancer at the same time whilst also trying to be a loving husband who has work tomorrow. In his nightmares, <laughs> in his nightmares, there are, you know, the bitch party's happening there, they're all laughing. <laughs> he's not but they, they like, they transform into coughing patients. And, and it, just, like, no. it just haunts him. Marcus's, he associates the two and it Marcus's haunts him. dream is him spooning himself to sleep. And he's like, <laughs> mm, because somebody's got to love oh, that's him. That's beautiful. <laughs> somebody's got to love him. So, Rob, you made a few notes. Have we heard all of your notes? I think we've only heard two. We've yeah, only heard one. Two of two of the three that I wrote down. Once, well, twice, three times a lady. Yeah. We're waiting for the third one. Well, the third one I've, I've already kind of mentioned and we have discussed it about how I was basically saying that he's eventually meet the parents versus guess who's coming to dinner. Okay. And I don't know, I don't know if the, the, the meet the parents thing, but it's that underwhelming presence of the, the two you know the younger people just mm. want, wanting to be together because you know society won't let us do it man society's gonna stop us and that's it and it's this it's this this is the scene I don't like because you feel like this is where it's all gonna collapse mm. but then they start making out and do you know what this film lacks and this is where it should have happened hardcore penetration I agree yes this scene lacks a montage this oh, scene this movie you this are movie, wrong they have many montages this, this movie lacks this is but it might yeah, but this it needs to be more like Bend It Like Beckham, yes. which had a count of like 30 million montages. Basically. Basically is where I'm going with this. It was like 22 montages. Mm. Uh, but this movie does have a couple of great montages. I mean, it has the wet, getting ready for the ceremony montage. Yeah. I think that's the only one. But I felt uh, like there should have been one there. There's, there's, uh... Does the credits count? <laughs> no. Every... I mean, the... the is the go-karting a montage? Not really. No, oh, there, oh, sorry. Dante's back. Dante's back. Dante's back. And look... This scene Dan, in which Dante, like, take da, off your pants. Yeah, Dante is meant to represent, you know, the queer eye for the straight guy character. He's metrosexual. He's metrosexual. Is the early 2000s. I forget. He's metrosexual. Yeah, yeah. But for someone who's meant to be so up-to-date with fashion... He what is. on earth is that man wearing? Are there spider webs on his jacket? <laughs> no. There's tell me, there's... tell me those are not spider webs on his They're jacket. They're not spider webs. Oh when it was who are these guys? <laughs> the renovators. Oh, that's right. And, and they're, they're like, preparing for the party. And she's like, Percy, get some pants on. It's like, oh, give me a break, woman. 
And John Jay's just like, they're not spiderwebs. Two shakes the webs, what the hell that means. They're actually Mercy Percy. <laughs> Good girl, oh my god, Ryan, Mercy did Percy. you notice the colour of the pants Dante's wearing? It's that purple. You purple? <gasps> Dante's the antagonist in this scene, it is true. <laughs> well, Dante is oh a my god. Of name. <laughs> so, Dante's Inferno, yeah. So, Jamal, what's up, my man? Jamal, my man. Yeah, he sounds like uh, Jamal, doesn't he? <laughs> hey, hey, it's me, Jamal. <laughs> like if I phoned you up, I'm like, hey, man, it's me, Jamal. You're like, oh, Are you it's classic of Jaleel Jamal. White. Yeah, Jamal. That's what his name is. You made that kind of like a hey, Jamal. Because that's my whitest man voice I could think of right oh, now. Because it Jaleel. sounded like Jaleel White to me, who we haven't talked about since episode one. <laughs> We've talked about him enough. <laughs> he was bragging all about you, Jamal. Oh, Jamal. Even he's wearing purple. No, everyone's antagonistic. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is a movie with assholes. So, that's good, because life's like that. Look, I don't want to break the bubble here, but Bartek's an asshole, and Rob's an asshole, and I'm an asshole too. So, you know, we just got to get to the facts. Um, I like the fact that he's talking about the Cosby's, even though, <laughs> even though you know this this is not about a movie about the Cosby's. And now that we know what Bill Cosby, it's not cobwebs, by the way. It's it's a pattern of some it sort. Looks like cobwebs. No, you're wrong. Um, Cosby now not a good thing. Bill Cosby, you no. don't want to meet him. No. He I did the kids up the bots. Yeah, or whatever. I don't know. He did some finger banging at least. And that's awkward, Rob. How could you bring up that? I mean, you know... Purple flowers. And she's wearing purple, and this is when she gets antagonistic (laughs) towards him. You know, purple is not using antagonistic colour. It usually means royalty. So, judging judging from this theory, Grimace (laughs) is the most evil character ever invented. Yeah, Grimace from McDonald's as a child. Uh, I don't know what the fuck Grimace even is. Is he like some tumor? You, know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Talking I know about what you are, but like, what is he supposed to be? <laughs> Look at that guy with a white hat that walked past. Oh, I like how she's just like picking shreds of her hair out of her head while that was happening. I, I like look at her face during this scene. Okay, it's so easy to look at these two, but look at her face. She's just like, how can I express my frustration? Mouth wide open, pick at my scalp, and now I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here's my handle. Here's my spout. I mean, it's just the greatest thing ever. I like how she flips from one side to the other. It's like daddy issues, boyfriend issues, daddy issues, boyfriend issues. But this this is our second, I don't know, tragedy of the film or the, the whole film is issue. A tragedy, yeah. And you know, when we when you're doing a nice little narrative, you go, well, you know, there's a problem, and then we got to solve it. And we kind of did like there was a there was a brief period there. We kind of went, we feel like Percy the, Jones and Simon Green can work this out. We yeah, like, there's this no is, problem. We feel like it's like this is going to work out, and this is when the next big issue happens mm. and we go there and have you also noticed how people. they're obviously big fans of Quidditch considering they've got these long <laughs> poles with rings on them I noticed in the that. background when I first thought of them I was like oh it's a basketball ring I was like but why is it up that way so Rob we had an episode called The Wedding Date mm. in which we had a giant Harry Potter debate check that episode out by the way um, we had a giant debate about if muggle is a derogatory term where do you stand on that? <laughs> Ooh, I yeah. don't know if I called you a muggle, would you get offended? And, and we're not like, talking. If you not. didn't know what it meant, and I do know what it means, but probably not. Yeah, but and we're not hold on, hold on. No. And we're not talking about <laughs> that. It sounds derogatory. Like, I was. It's definition. <laughs> it is a derogatory. It's a slur. It's a slur. Ryan, I think I heard your girlfriend laughing. It's <laughs> a slur. 
Muggles are slow, but enough about muggles. Let's talk yes, about please. race. Uh, <laughs> I'm white, mm. and so is Ashton Kutcher in this scene. Look There's how white he's being. Race. Is it about race, or is it about a race? It's like, kind of about neither. It's about there, is horse, there is horse racing in <laughs> this. It's about family. This movie's about family. It actually is about family. It's about it two brothers. It's about, <laughs> <laughs> it's about Bernie Mac, who and, plays Percy Jones and Senior, J- and Jamal. Sixty pounds of shrimp, like. I That's know. a lot of shrimp. Did, like, yeah. So once again, I we've mean, got Bernie Mac. You're gonna force me to use the muscle. Hope you like seafood. I'm sorry, I called him Bernie Mac again. Yo, Percy Jones. Percy Jones is he doesn't know what to do, so he's going back to his "I'm the man of the house, woman." Mm. See, nothing, nothing can bond two men together like getting. Not understanding women. Like dem yeah. bitches being yes. cranks. As, 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 that's the, yes. <laughs> I, think, I, think that's I the, understand women. I think that's dem the, te- bitches the, the, techni- the technical term you're looking for. But yes, but nothing can bond, <laughs> nothing can bond two men together by going, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And this, this is the moment. This is the moment that Percy Jones has been waiting for. He said, the girls are going out of the house. She yeah. throws her phone, her flip phone. It's just you and me, Simon and Dante. This is all I've ever wanted. Look at Dante. He's da- really Dante knows what's him. Dante knows what's up. And look at him. He's like, yeah. It's cufflinks. No, it's those aren't cufflinks. I know. That was his Kabbalah bracelet. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> they digitally edited onto Dante. <laughs> had to go somewhere, right? <laughs> had to go somewhere in the movie. Ashton would have quit. It's like camouflaging with that pillow. I'm there. really looking out for his wrists, and <laughs> it's just like, is that it? Like, I haven't really. Had that's something there. Yep, maybe they forgot to edit it out then. But like every scene he appears in, I really like the fact. I've been that looking at it. I've been look. Oh, it's gone again. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! Maybe they. Oh, it's not there now. Oh my god. Wait, did they miss a shot? Yeah. Oh my god. Cause look, it's clearly not on his wrist now. Holy crap! This I've... movie is ten times. Look, it's not there. It was on that wrist. His cabal. This, you just gotta look at this going. There's five thousand dollars. There's five thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the time we ask this question, Rob, which is, I ask you a lot, can you believe someone wrote, someone wrote this, but we don't have to ask that because we already got the director's mind and uh, inspiration already known to us, which is, you know, he wanted to get aside some of his bitter feelings towards Mm. race, you know, he didn't want to be like this, and he also loved Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which... Most people do. I like how Bernie Mac's decision for ringing her is if the phone faces him. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, is that what he was doing? Yeah. Spin the phone. That's what he was doing. Didn't oh. you figure that out? No, I thought Did he you was... just think he really likes cheese boards? He's like, cheese, cheese, cheese boards. No, I thought he was just doing something. I love a cheese board. I love, Darlene, how are you doing? This is Percy Jones. Like, it's his sister-in-law. Like, she doesn't know. And she's like, uh, I'm sorry. Now, who is this? Percy Jones. Oh, I'm sorry, Percy. Like, she, of course you knew who it was. But I like, I love her. Now, we're getting closer. Marcus's co- wife. Look, she's kind of wearing, like, a Maroni-esque colour, because she's antagonistic, too. Uh, everyone's antagonistic, well, yeah, except for... It's Maroni Violet, yeah. Yeah, except for Marcus, the true hero of the film, which we're getting... Rob, we're getting closer and closer to Marcus. Oh, my God, we've built this up so much. Yeah, I don't think it's this scene, but I think it's no, the no, next No, no, it's one. soon, it's soon. Yeah. It is very soon. There's a lot of party, party girls in this one. This movie... That stuff makes you, That stuff is going to get you drunk. Whatever she's got in that jug is going to be... Well, yeah. They, that's, that's ethanol. That's red did ethanol. Did you know that's, that's that they do get juice. incredibly drunk in this? Look at the mum. She's wasted. 
She reminds me of Rosario Dawson, the actress, the mum in this specific she scene. Does, she does remind me of Rosario Dawson. She, she could be Rosario Dawson. That's mom. a good thing to remember, Rosario Dawson. Mm-mm. Also, can I ask a question about... <laughs> How good would this movie be if Rosario Dawson was the auntie? <laughs> and he's just like, mm-mm, Rosario Dawson. It kind of annoys me that the sister... Doesn't like um you know the auntie the sister doesn't look like the mum like they don't look like their relatives either which is like and, they did such a good job before and see here again we can see how Teresa is different to all these other ladies she's mother Teresa yeah because you know they're all telling her that you know you don't talk to him you got a rough that and she's like she's from a different universe this is she's in a different world where you know you don't behave like this with other people. Yeah, that's true. And that's why she's getting so upset when they're all going, you know, uh-uh-uh. And I'm going to stop here because, Ryan, I think you're about to introduce your favourite oh character. Oh my god, is it going to come out? Please, <laughs> is it, Marcus. Is it the scene? He's going to come out soon. I'll keep going, Rob. I feel like it's you're, the next you're time. You're on an emotional roll. Oh, there you go, baby. Yeah, well, Mama. Wait, oh, no, here he is. And he's wearing red. True hero's colour. And I just love... Yolande Ryan. Oh my god. He hasn't said anything yet. He's, they just noticed him. Here we go. I gotta work in the morning. Hello. He's like, yeah, classic Marcus. <laughs> sorry, Marcus. I'm sorry, baby. I just love it. And she treats him like he's a, like the best guy in the world. And I like you how want, she offered him want, some. You want to taste? No. No, woman. I don't want no you taste. You know my and history, then, woman. I like, he recognizes, have more. <laughs> like, he's really sleepy. And he's like, here, yeah, have more. It's like, this is my this house. And they're like, Sorry, Marcus. The <laughs> and they're like, oh, Marcus is so cute. Like, oh, holla holla, he's the greatest guy ever. Like, they aren't laughing at him. They're laughing about him. It's different. They're like, ha, Marcus is so cool. Like, that's what the laughter is about. They're not like, ha, Marcus is stupid or gone. So, it's a positive male character. We need more positive male characters in this movie. If I could jump back just a little bit. In the no. scene where... Okay. <laughs> no. So in this scene, they're gonna bond. Go on. There you go. In the scene where Marilyn is driving Teresa to the yeah, where she the throws party, the flip phone out. The yeah, back. she said, "Baby, if you're gonna answer that phone, it's gonna be your last." Huh, she's gonna kill her. Yeah, that's a oddly threatening thing to say. And Marilyn does say another weird thing later on, which we'll bring up. It's oh my that... god, it's your favorite part of the movie. It's the so, part that I had to rewind. So yeah. while we're here. Do we... uh, I'll leave Bartek's favourite part, but my favourite part of this movie is... I have two tiebreakers, Rob. Favourite part, Marcus. I love, love, love Marcus. For me, it's Marcus. But another favourite part of this movie is the end credits in which they're narrating over the videos and he's just (laughs) like... The mum gets the tango and he does like the snap. Like he snaps it. Like he goes, what? And you hear the sister just go... Like the you know Zoe Saldana says to go, yo ma, what's that face? And she goes, you know what kind of face that is, and you clearly know they're talking about like an orgasm face, and it's the most weird thing to say to your mum and her to reply you, with you. About. Do you reckon that that ending credits thing was improvised? Oh, definitely. It felt well. Very no, it was kind of hard because. They did have set up and pay off jokes within that, yeah, so like maybe they improvised it on. several times. And. Coming back to my best theory, 
Oh, this is bonding. This, yes. is, this is Rob's this. favorite moments is any time these guys physically bond with one another. Is that right? Is that your favorite part of the film is when they physically bond? Like they're about to dance? Oh, no. My favorite part of the film is when they go go-karting. But, I, <laughs> but these, 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 you know, I've come here to present you a case and these, this is my evidence for my case. Just scenes. These are <laughs> scenes of my evidence for my theory. I love that, And I Rob. feel like the more I explain this, the more I can see you two going... Yeah. <laughs> oh no! As no, soon as you said it, I'm like, obviously. That's because <laughs> like I didn't think about it. I that's thought what, like he, they hate each other. Yeah, Rob, that's what we do on this show. We just learn through discussion. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I gotta say, you're one of my guests. I've prepared the most. He has notes. He has a theory. <laughs> Shit, dog. My notes. My notes are different. I write like one word things to keep me in track of what's happening in the plot or questions I'm like you know in this scene I food wrote food for thought yeah food for wrote. thought and I just like with this scene I'm like it's a structured dance mm. I like the fact that Ashton Kutcher he really his character is a really troubled guy because you know he uh, <laughs> he's he, got moves he's got moves but he's just, he was raised in a single parent environment mm. in which he had to grow up like he had to grow up before he was ready he had, he had become, no father figure he had no father figure and there is that thing of like you're not gonna be like your father. It's like oh that's kind of hard to you know. Cause... It almost sounded like they were building up to it. Jimmy uh, Percy Jones was his father or something. Oh, would it be great? If, like I had a son once. He was a white boy. Left him when he was two. And it's just like I had a dad once. He left me when I was two. But his I... name was Percy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like different Percy Jones, different Percy Jones, different I think, Percy Jones. I think there's a line at the train station where like it could have really just gone with I'm your dad. <laughs> Which is funny because that was the twist of freaking Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. Well, I'm your dad. Like, Son, I'm, I'm black. <laughs> it's like um hey. what's that? There he goes, and he snaps him. He's like, yeah. I still got it. And it's cool that Bernie Ma- I mean Percy that Jones. Nice. That was really nice. Percy Jones <laughs> really does have um the ability to articulate and dance and and he's a really good dancer like you know he wanted to do the hustle because that's what they're used to oh Dante's oh. wearing all white he means he's virginal yeah pure <laughs> unless this was made by a Japanese except person. for the little black parts yeah. I mean he's been changed trust me he's wearing red underwear <laughs> so you know Dante <laughs> everyone's favourite character is Marcus and Dante where's their movie with the don't policeman don't try to play the, the metrosexual mind games on me oh the classic metrosexual mind games that's Dante's movie metrosexual mind games <laughs> and it stars Russell Crowe <laughs> <laughs> the front cover can be Russell, Dante Russell Crowe's like his older gruffer brother and he's just like he's just like you know Russell Crowe he's like don't play those metrosexual mind games and he's just like alright alright and then by the end of the movie Marcus features definitely yeah Marcus features in it and so does the policeman and Russell Crowe <laughs> by the end of the movie opens up and gets his metrosexual side on and that's the end of the film. Like, he's like, yeah, and he wears, like, a pink jacket. <laughs> like, it's like the movie. It's like leading up to him wearing and then he pink does jacket. A bo- then he does a body transformation and he becomes the Samoan. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, so Purple box. Mmm, box. Zoe <laughs> <laughs> Zodana's purple box. That's creepy. Uh, <laughs> Rob's just, like, in awe. We say a lot of things on this show, Rob. Like, don't feel worried if you're like, oh, can I swear? Of course you can. Um, I've, been, I've been holding back from using profanities, but... Fucking cunt, come on. <laughs> uh, so, if you see Ashton Kutcher is in fact wearing... 
kind of a lilac purple color in this scene, which mm. he does become kind of antagonistic because he doesn't explain his true feelings across because Bernie and um, Percy Jones stole his feelings. Mm. Yeah. And I like how they let that go. He's like, fine. And here comes whatever. the dog with his tail between his legs. And of course, what's Zoe Saldana wearing? Same purple one as the other day. So it's going to be these two antagonistic people butting heads. But he's wearing a lighter color because technically he is in the right. Like, Ashton Kutcher hasn't done anything wrong, really. It's just been all blown out of proportions. Yeah. And it's I not suppose, like neither of them have done anything right. The only thing that, like, he would really be on for would be the fact that he lied, I guess. Yeah, Like, if he promised not to lie, it's hard to, you know... <laughs> not lie, but sometimes, but it's hard not yeah. to be a liar, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it could be a lie though. I love. I'm married. You deny. <laughs> He's Although, really good at, yeah. at trying to win out like his vows. <laughs> like it's like you're not gonna go well. You're going into a bear's cave, and there's a lot of bears in there that are all gonna bite your head off. Yeah. You tread very Ironically, not the one that most looks like a bear, Marcus. The yeah, with his mustache. Where's Marcus in the scene? He's at work. That's where yeah. we've already established yes, this. Yes, yes. But he's at the party later on. He gives a nice hug. Does he? <laughs> to his wife, yeah. And here he comes, stealing the romantics bits. Yeah, and you see Ashton Kutcher, not the character, Ashton Kutcher, the man, go, shit, this isn't in the script. <laughs> like, shit. Are we going to cut? Nope. All right. Oh, what's, God. i got to make up my own lines. What's Percy Jones doing? What's Percy? <laughs> like, he's no longer Bernie Mac. It's Percy Jones. Yeah, but it, it comes back to that whole thing of he doesn't... He's not a wordsmith, so he takes things from other other things. Like that song with the... Baby, turn around and let me see... Oh, what am I singing? Um, bum, what was <laughs> it? Like, three bum-bums? Bum-bum-bum. Which, which, when bum, I heard that... When I heard that was <laughs> reciting the lyrics, I'm like, holy shit, I haven't heard, thought of that song in forever. I didn't know the song really. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even notice that he was doing a song, and then when he does and it... And then I was, his I was friend's like, like, you know that's a song, right? I'm like, is it? Like, I thought it was... Very, it plays like, at If one I point. was his wife, which I'm not, but if I was Miss per- Mrs. Percy Jones, I wouldn't have known. Well, the song was impressed. made around this time. Obviously, yeah, it exists, but yeah. Obviously, I'm such an idiot. Mm. You're a Kempsey boy. Uh, I'm a Kempsey boy. See, so, I, I, find this, I find this next speech kind of painful. I find most of Ashton Kutcher's dialogue <laughs> painful. This, this, is, this Why is, isn't he in the Disaster Artist as Denny? This, this is the. Uh, you know, it's not. You know, it's not called the Disaster Artist it's, anymore. Boy. It's called the Masterpiece. He's just digging, <laughs> it's like it's like he's just digging a hole, uh, and everyone's okay with letting him do it, except for except for Percy because he feels guilty. I mean, sorry, except for Percy Jones. Purse? He called him Purse. Like, yeah, purse. oh, Purse over there. It's like, don't call him out. I'm not a Purse, son. I'm more of a satchel. <laughs> like, that would be his reaction to this. I like, obviously, what he says first here is he starts singing. It doesn't work. No, out. he mimics yeah. him. He's like, baby, I was wrong. He's like, oh, no. Okay, yeah, but but after he dr- does <laughs> and the he song. Did, and he did it. And, Percy and Bernie Jones. gives him the like, do it, do it. Percy Jones. Yeah, I- he imitated Percy Jones. He didn't just go, baby, I was wrong. He goes, baby, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a really I, thick accent. I like how Teresa finally just says, no, we have to talk in private. I don't care what they say. I'm taking him. So oh, the mum's like, take your man. Go outside. Yeah, it's not I, like she didn't even have the guts. It's like the mum's got to be a mum and go, you do this outside. Yeah, but I like how they finally made an exception to this whole do it in front of everyone rule. But... Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be cool if one of the guests was Oprah? <laughs> she was herself. <laughs> <laughs> like wouldn't it be like 
I'm Oprah, Oprah, Oprah would only be with Marcus. <laughs> and but, she's like, so. I'm here. And they're like, Oprah. And they never explain it. They never go back. It's like, Percy Jones would know Oprah. But I'll take your saying. That was basically it. I, I did like how they finally made an exception to the whole thing. Like, this guy clearly can't do it in front of us, you know, critiquing, riffing him. Yeah, or the camera. Uh, I I imagine one of the critiques you can make for us is he's a great actor when people aren't watching. Mm. <laughs> like, like, you know, have you seen the film Mystery Men with Ben Stiller? And there's a kid who can turn invisible only when people aren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's Ashton Kutcher's acting ability. It's like, I'm a good actor when you're not looking. To be fair, even in Dickie Roberts' former child star, it did kind of imply that he was a really good actor. You just never really got to see it. Who, Ashton Kutcher? Or no, Dickie Roberts. Yeah, it is true. So Zoe, Zoe Saldana is just not buying into what he's saying. He's just... And the problem is, he's not apologising. He's making excuses for why it was right what he did. Yeah, but, and we're not really getting that whole... Foresh- well, we're getting foreshadowing that he had quit for a reason. Like, I went through most of this movie thinking, oh, that job that he's being offered is just a better one. No, I thought... I knew that he quit for something that wasn't just the job. There was a dispute between the two men. And I do admit the eggs really were on my face heavy for this when we do find out the the twist of why. Because I thought it was something else. I didn't know what it was. I didn't really think about it, but I didn't think it was that. And then when it happened, I'm like, wow, of course, what else would it be? Yeah, it, I felt like a real eggs on my face kind of guy. Yeah, I guess the only thing that would have foreshadowed it is the understanding that this movie does touch upon race relations. Hmm. And now the engagement's off. So, uh, roll creds. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very good way to end this film. <laughs> just Ashton could just like... <laughs> like holy shit and then, and then, and then show hit bloop, by a truck and then show bloopers yeah. <laughs> like really wacky bloopers yeah it's like okay. roller skating on grease I love how it's like I'm in Jersey like, he's still upset about Jersey like that's what he's upset about and uh, now she's going to be wearing a new outfit where she's no longer antagonistic she's She's, you know, she's in white, I do believe, because it is, of course, appropriate. But white is, uh, is death, isn't it? In Asian cultures. So, you know, death. More of, it's more of a pink that I think she's wearing. Oh, okay. But, you know, Ryan, earlier when Dante was wearing yeah. white, you said that it meant he was pure. So <laughs> you're kind of jumping back. <laughs> He's wearing white, that meant he's the devil. <laughs> well, Dante, I did say earlier, it's kind of like a de- devilic, demonic name, isn't it? He has he has got a very very <laughs> like devilish goatee. So <laughs> next time he appears, all right, that's my new theory. Dante is the devil. <laughs> he is and he's cooked up this and whole his thing. His wife's a hell beast yeah. from the pits of hell. His wife oh, looks. I think terrifying. we're I think we're spoiling people who haven't watched this first time. That's that, true. All right, we spoil it. Dante has a wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the devil. Of course, he'd have a wife. So. Of course. So Even said, Ned Flanders had a wife. Yeah. yeah, and he was the devil too. I love that joke in The Simpsons of Mr. Birds. It's like, why is he here? <laughs> He's just like, oh, Monty, you're the devil. Who told you? <laughs> no, um, I wonder what happened to Bernie Mac's face. He's got this epic scar there. And, you know, scars, you know, they get the girls. And that's why Bernie, he had all the girls, I reckon, because they all got to that scar. Like, you know, I know they're playing father-daughter here, but I'm pretty sure Zoe Saldana said that she was going to marry Bernie Mac. Mm. Probably. Maybe. I mean, it was either him or Johnny Depp, and which one are you going to choose? Obviously, Obviously Bernie Percy Mac. Jones, yeah. 
Percy Jones. I mean, he's Percy Jones. I mean, what you gonna do? She's, he was she's Percy, Percy Jones, Jones. baby. That's he was, a huge camera. He would got a great father-daughter bonding moment. Yeah, she's crying. He's he's trying to bridge that gap of age oh. and also sex and give his you know give his thoughts on it. Yeah, and he's trying to reconcile the idea that him and uh, um, what was the guy's name? Again? Simon, Simon Green. Simon Green. Simon Garfunkel. Um, could actually get along because he's realised at this point they do actually kind of get along. They actually get on fine. He's Simon's really helped him out. Yeah, like I said, the other half of masculinity between the two of them. Mm, that whole yeah, that's the whole thing about this movie. It's all about holes and but, but specifically between the two of them, it's the glory top of the masculinity. holes and everything. <laughs> Rob's just like it is about glory holes, right? So, so I'm just staring, Zoe Saldana. It's hard not to. I mean, <laughs> she's even sexy when she's blubbery. Mm. And uh, that's a tick. <laughs> like, can you be sexy while you blubber? Tick, tick, tick. Ryan wants to know how women look when they cry for future reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so if I meet you and you're a woman, it's prepare re- to cry. It's just research purposes. <laughs> to know whether he should make you cry or not. <laughs> to know whether I can make you cry, yeah. And I, my answer is most likely yes. I could probably make you cry. I've made Rob cry. Um, I told him we were doing <laughs> doing Guess Who, and he cried with joy. The exact phrase Rob used was, oh, that sounds rough. <laughs> Which, and you learned that it wasn't a rough experience. It was quite smooth. Smooth it, like a baby's bottom. It's been pretty good. I like I, I really enjoy, actually quite enjoy this film. Like, there was... Look, buy it on DVD. Th- yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? So here he has a realization. Yeah. <laughs> That Zoe Zardan is hot. Yeah, we all realize that. When he, when you first watched this, do you know what he's? No, was? no, <laughs> no. But I knew he knew. Oh wait, here he is. The devil himself. Here we go. Here we go. And he's got one of those earpieces, this, in, so he's the, talking. The to reaction on the reaction on Percy but, Jones's face here is all time. This is an all time reaction. It is. It is great. And he's just like, I'm sorry, Percy. Have you met my wife, Diane? Damn. <laughs> Damn. I'm saying that I love that you, Percy Jones. But look like, at him. And then look at that goatee. He's the devil. He's clearly Satan. He's, like, he's the devil and, and he's she's one of Satan's angels? Hell's angels? Does. I don't know. Yeah, Did you notice that her name also has five letters, begins with a D and ends with an E? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it cool? Dun, dun, dun. And they both have A's. Dante, Dante, Dante. Look, he never denied that he's the devil. So yeah, he that obviously means, is. I mean, they merge that, together with, and they become <laughs> Diante. With that logic, you know, with that logic... <laughs> Zoe Saldana is the devil. I mean, she never denied it. So. <laughs> Clearly, everyone in this movie is evil. Where are all the people with feathers? Except for Marcus. Wouldn't it be great if they turned up at the wedding? That's why we're here. At the ceremony, like, we're here for Percy Jones. <laughs> I loved how I that... Liked it, I like that of him going to the wedding. still dressed <laughs> the way that he was at his house earlier. <laughs> I like um, thinking about that scene at the reception where they had Percy Jones's name wrong like they had it with a P or something here we go like, here we go oh oh dun, dun, oh na, na, na. and he's like Lion dun, King's dun, na, na, na. on <laughs> like that's what he pays attention to dun, dun, Bernie Mac looks and he goes hey there's that white boy but hey look Lion King's see, on see if this was if this was the film that I made and this where he goes I love you boy Percy Jones <laughs> loves you You'll come back home with me. If you had to cast this movie again with new actors, obviously you did Percy. It once? <laughs> yeah, if you had to cast this movie, no, like <laughs> fuck you. If you had to cast it, who would you cast in there? In what roles? So we're doing it. All right. So it was new, completely new. Start shooting tomorrow. Okay. Yep. So, um, 
Oh, that's a good question. Bill Cosby's person. <laughs> <laughs> no, get it right. I'm trying. I'm, I, look, I'm, are, are we still? Like, do I still have to cast? A, a, you know, yes, a black yes. guy. Okay. Or you could cast someone. Okay, I'll go first just so you can uh, okay, feel right. good. I'm gonna Would cast Miles <laughs> Teller. I'm gonna cast Miles Teller as Simon. Yeah. And uh, um, you know, uh, J.K. Simmons as Percy Jones, but in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Michael um, Sarah as Percy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm, I, I'm Percy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Percy Jones, bitch. <laughs> Come on, Robbie. What you guys seriously? All right. So uh, Percy Jones is being played by Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> the most least threatening black man yeah. in Hollywood you yeah. could have chosen yeah. uh, and <laughs> and Simon Green is played by Will Smith playing a white guy <laughs> oh my god oh no oh you god. did you listen to our Scooby Doo 2 episode no I didn't okay, oh wow now for the listeners out there there was a Scooby Doo 2 episode where we did where the, one of the questions was who played this character and the correct answer was, trivia, was yeah. Seth Green but one of the answers was like Keanu Reeves, another one was like Robin Williams. Robin Williams, and then one of the answers was Will Smith. <laughs> I lost my shit because I'm like he's black and cool, and now you've opened up that nest without yeah. knowing about. It. Oh my lord! And you're lucky. You should be lucky to have you, bro. And uh, I'm so trying to think of the girl I want to play Zoe Saldana, but I can't well, remember now. Clearly, you want Iggy Azalea in her first acting role. <laughs> she Dennis. thinks she's black. <laughs> No, 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 no. Iggy, no. Iggy Azalea can play the sister. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> what if we just make... Iggy Australia here to the rescue. What if we make Guess Who's Coming to Dinner a remake, but just have everyone be white? <laughs> just, and just a really obnoxious person comes to dinner. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? I can't. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner uh, with Vince Lewis. Vaughn. <laughs> with Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's the obnoxious guest. And the father-in-law figure is Jerry Lewis. Yeah. I'm like, seeing Jerry Lewis as the boyfriend. <laughs> no, no, no. He's the dad figure. And he's like... Oh jeez! This is all Jerry Lewis kind of thing. Like oh jeez! Oh, here it is. Oh, okay, Bartek. This is Bartek's favorite moment. It's Bartek. not my favorite, but it's something that made me rewind the film. It's clearly your favorite. You talked nothing about it before you came here because it, today. Because it was interesting, and I only wished I loved it as much as I did back then, but I don't, because as we know. Bump, Here pause. it comes. I love him more. She wishes she loved him less. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not the wordsmith. I like how his speech, he's one's the best, where he's basically like, everyone knows I didn't write my vows. He's like, be honest. And he's just basically like, woman, you love me. He just goes on about like how he loves numbers. <laughs> that's his speech now look here nothing, woman I love there's, you there's nothing like a good speech in front of family and friends where you just shame a member of your family and then it becomes I've, a musical I've, I've been to a lot of weddings in my family and every good speech starts with someone tagging shit on someone else like he has here yeah damn it I do money <laughs> he had a line much much earlier in the film where he said why do I gotta do the wedding vows again? What, what was wrong with the first, first time? time? That's really the, his character. Yeah, yeah he's no re- repetition guy, but oh, oh, you didn't know this was a musical, did you, Rob? <laughs> and Marcus like, is just like... See, this isn't a, <laughs> this this isn't a montage, though. This isn't a montage. <laughs> no, 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 no. There is no real montage. Yeah, as I said, the movie lacks a montage. <laughs> now, if you're a real film expert, you know, according to film theorists, montage destroys cinema. 
Yeah, yeah it, that and flash forwards, flashbacks, slow mo. All of those are detrimental to cinema. So if anything, this is to cinema fans, to film theorists, this is a pure movie. Hmm. Doesn't have a flash forward, doesn't have a flashback, doesn't have a montage, doesn't have slow mo. This is a pure film. It's got the devil in it. Unlike fucking, you know, Tarantino movies, they suck in comparison to guess who? <laughs> guess who made Freaking, by Tarantino watch, would be weird. Did you watch Pulp Fiction? John Travolta <laughs> dies and then he comes back. Like I like how Dante Hands in the mic. And also how, how far away they're sitting from everybody else. It's like, oh, well, no, 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 you're the devil. Well, you sit over there. Well, they're observers. They're, they're, they're like still in charge of the party. They still make sure that it runs effectively. So he can't just be sitting yeah, there. Yeah, that's not Jamal. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, he's like, where's Jamal? <laughs> it's very nice that they let Dante's wife come. Because uh, he's, he's working now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah but he I think he's allowed to do that. Because it's kind of like... To be, Mar- aesthetically yeah, pleasing. And Marilyn really likes him. And so. also, you got to have that gag yeah, in there where he has a hot wife. Mm. I mean, this and movie... What we're also missing as well, that brief shot of the DJ on the roof. Yeah, he's yeah, like he's full like, set up. Like, they're like, like thanks for the wedding, guys. Now let's have a trance rave. Like, he's just <laughs> he's hanging out before, there the whole time. This just... is before dubstep, too. So this movie is like, wow. Yeah, like, where were we at rave parties without dubstep? I mean, where were we, Rob? Tell me. We were Tell me now. Techno in the 90s, but we'll still we'll, we'll, we'll skip over that. Yeah, we took there in the 80s as well. So, guys, remember what Ryan said way, way earlier in the film? By Sunday, he'll be part of the family. And he is. He's broke, unemployed, and he's white, but he loves my Teresa. That's all right with us. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm just Percy Jones' impersonation for the rest of the rest of the podcast. Would just be. Did we, did we take a Dante count? clapped. Did we take a count? Like, on how many times the word Percy Jones? Oh no, said. I wasn't going we to try. Have... I would look if I did that. I I don't know if I'd stop. I mean, it would be like, Ryan, what happened to the room? And you're like, I've is... written in blood everywhere on the wall with Percy Jones. This is a fire hazard, what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, Dante's like, this, this, hell. This, this, like, only only the devil could pull it off. And if this is Australia, that would be a fire. I like how you said, this is a fire hazard, and it cuts to Dante, like, lifting his wine. Like, and he's like, yes, Rob, it is. Now, remember, nothing, including the house being burnt down, is as bad as bringing the white boy home, so... If the house did catch fire, not as bad. So now it cuts to the end in which we're getting credits. The version, I, the like version I watched didn't have this. So this is actually the first oh, time. Really? Oh, really? Oh, we, we were talking about maybe, this. Maybe I, went, before. maybe I fell asleep. Oh, no. Either way. What? This there, is what we were is, talking about. This is what I'm talking about for where yeah, the yeah, mum yeah. just like, you know what that face is. And it's oh. clearly her yeah. like, oh, face a little. Like the way he snaps her, she looks so like, ah. <laughs> And there's a bit where they kind of run away from the wedding and they're like, oh, the, you know, those, what are the vows. And they're like, where are you two going? And he literally says something like, you know I'm going to shake the mattress with her or something. And it's like, that's your daughter you're talking oh, yeah, and, in front and, of. And earlier on, he made a point about how you don't say the word bone in this house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there it is. What was that, Mom? You know what that is, Teresa. You're a grown-ass woman. Like, Jesus Christ. If your mum said that to you, how would you feel? Probably something sick. And then you're like, I'm not a grown-ass woman, Mom. I'm a man. And then you're like, you're not my real dad. You're your mum. Shut up. <laughs> Leave her alone. She's my son. Like, how everyone wants to watch the party except for the mum. Like, like, let's watch the vows. And, and like, nah, fuck nothing, the vows. Nothing says 
white guy at a wedding than doing some really bad moves on the dance floor. No, but he actually does really good moves. That's the funniest part. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. I'm like, you're about to see... No, he's doing that because they made a point earlier that the hustle was their dance. So he's joining in on their dance, which is cool. And they're making fun of him. It's like, yeah, you know, he's doing a great hustle. He's turning it up. But... Ashton Kutcher does actually know how to dance. I don't know what that looks about. He's like, Samoan, huh? My new racist feelings. Where is my new... We broke up last week. Oh, oh that's interesting. <laughs> because the credits literally just called him Samoan boyfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, his name is Manu. Come on. And girl, he is too big. He is oh, a, he's bone a bone crusher. crusher. There it is. Oh. Do not use the word bone in my house, Rob. Do not use it in his house. <laughs> Jesus. So oh, yeah, the, the oh there they go. She's dancing. Where, where, and where's Percy Jones and Marilyn going? Wait, Percy Jones. Oh, wait, look at this. So subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's see that again. Look at that face, Oscar. Whatever he could have been. Um, I'm but not they're not say- old enough to know what they're doing. We're gonna no. shake some sheets. Is that right? With you? <laughs> yeah. I thought you said no bone in the house. That was oh, a punchline. No. Oh. Yeah. Nothing gets you in the mood like knowing your parents are banging. Wait, and here mm. we go. Where they're gonna do the lift, and they do it quite well. If I could lift Zoe Saldana, I, I would. Uh, I'd learn how. I could probably do it. Could you? Yeah. You strong? I, if I if it was Zoe Saldana, I'd do it. Yeah, that's I'd, what I'd, my argument was. I'd make a way. And look at Dante I'd, in the background. He's like, oh, that's very impressive. I can't wait for him to use those moves in hell. Mm. If there's anything this wedding has taught me is that I need to get myself a beige suit. Because <laughs> there's a lot of ba- dudes in beige suits with really hot wives. And I guess that's the trick. Then again, also the Simone boyfriend's got a beige suit. Oh, wait, but... Yeah, oh, true. look, he's Marcus. That's not Marcus. That's, oh, that's no. Reggie. Reggie. Oh, fuck off, Reggie. Where's Marcus, Reggie's, the real hero? Reggie's got a beige-looking suit. Yeah, and uh, they even make a comment that's like, it's amazing she didn't pop out of that dress. And it's just like, good. I was also thinking that. That was my one criticism. And that's so, it. The movie's finally over. <laughs> finally. <laughs> well, an hour and 40 minutes long. It does make you feel the waiting time. I'm going to go, I'm going to go launch straight into to my review and what I'm going to rate this, guys, okay? Mm-hmm. This movie, Emotional Peace, it deals with emotional topics, issues, and themes. It grabs a classic, well-loved story of Hollywood and turns it into a 2005 comedy with Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher. They managed to succeed. And I think the part of the reasons for why this film didn't work is because it was so edgy and because it has an actually dramatic, poignant performance by a comedian, a Hollywood actor... Ashton Kutcher, who we still today don't take seriously enough, even though he is trying, he is trying, and he always has been. This film is one of the best films that you could ask for. It's a family movie, it's a race movie, it's a comedy, and it's dramatic at the same time. This movie needs more love, needs more respect. You need to get yourself a copy of Guess Who. If I had to give it a rating, guys, there's only one kind of rating I can give this movie. Do you yes. want to guess? Um, would it be a Jimmy Lunchbox? No, it's going to be Percy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Percy Jones out of Percy Jones. Fantastic, Ryan. Uh, let's hear from you, Rob. If you hear a bit of a ra- uh, review from you and a rating out of whatever you feel. Yeah. Um, look, I loved it. I I came in expecting nothing, and it it surprised me and like we've discussed it's covered a lot of bases it's a family movie it 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 you know tackles some tensioned issues with some people might not like to talk about but mm-hmm. we most certainly have dived straight into it which you can as 
white man very easily and not yeah, it's really not, easy to not, talk about racism <laughs> white man. not think about the re- the repercussions uh, at all but there's some good performances in it and like there was never there was never a point in the film where I actually wanted to, like I didn't want to stop it like I got in, I got into it the story hooked me and now that I've learned a lot about the backstory and about the Samoan dude, that made it even more funny. Yeah, um, it gave it more layers. But look, I, I would recommend this to anybody. Um, go buy it, download it, um, do whatever you have to do, put it on, watch it with the family, watch it with your mum. It won't be awkward at all when they talk about sex. Just watch what this Shaking is a, the sheets. Yeah, this is a, this is a film to watch with your mum. Um, <laughs> and, and your dad. Yeah, and I I give the, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to give this... Uh, Five beige suits out of t- out of six beige suits. Whoa, that's with, a lot with, of beige suits. With 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 purple ties. Whoa, antagonistic. <laughs> Rob's going edgy. Let's, let's hear from the barman. The butter. The tech man. The butter. The Casper whatever man. That's not my last name, but it's what I say it is. Go on, my son. He's not my son. We're both the same age. Bit awkward, but go on. It's my birthday in fifteen days. Um, write so, that one down, everyone. <laughs> yes, even though this. Episode will come out in like two days from now, which at that point will be 13 days. Go, Buttock! That's me! Okay, so this movie, it was once again a fantastic movie that we have done on this show. Mm. Definitely unappreciated because, and even Wikipedia says this, it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews. Usually when I heard that a movie gets mixed reviews, I always thought it meant like that it was... It sucks. It's like it's in the like. 50, well, there's a reason yeah. why. There's a 50s, what... 60s range, like the. Oh, don't worry about this one. But no, I think this one really does have a love it or hate it kind of reception, with yeah. a very. Mm, I guess because it's in that like mixed section, people think it's a negative thing. Yeah, tolerant people love it. Racists hate it. Yeah. So that kind of puts down its reputation so that when you hear about it and like even Rob said uh, when he first heard of it he didn't think much of it but when you actually invest time to watch it you learn exactly what this movie has to offer and we weren't wrong about anything we were talking about in this whole episode we were talking about the issues it brought up the whole masculinity thing the idea of a, a duality a uh, a dynamic between two partners whether it was people in a relationship or two men, regardless of race, I should add. And uh, even then, racial issues. This mm. movie tackles an idea that everyone is the same. Mm. It's a movie that really just tries to say, this is real life. Mm. There yeah. are Percy Jones, there are Simon Greens, there, there, are, there are Teresa's, there are Marilyn's. And we solve our problems with go-karting. <laughs> and, and, and there's Marcus as well. And well, I got to admit that go karting, yeah, I love Crash Team Racing <laughs> more than Mario Kart, I should add. Take that Mario Kart. Take that Mario Kart. Write it in your speaker. Yes, and Write you're right, Marcus. Marcus, there, <laughs> would you say there are a lot of Marcuses in real life? Oh yeah, There's, it's the most realistic thing about this movie. <laughs> so I is w- that your rating? <laughs> I wish, I wish there were more Marcuses that I need. I have to give this a rating now, right? Yeah, just letting you know. And the rating I have to give this is a... What does my heart say? Uh, Marcus. My heart says... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just yes. This movie is yes. This movie is yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, now, this is the part in which we, meaning me, I get reviews from IMDb. <laughs> and, um, a lot of time... 
the reviews are very easy to pick. But this was really hard because there weren't a lot of outstandingly positive ones. There were lots of average ones, like, oh, this is okay movie. And there were lots of ones that were like, this isn't very good. So it's a real challenge to find like a 10 out of 10 review because they're always the greatest. And a lot of times with these reviews, I've been coining the phrase, it's like looking into another dimension in where these people just don't understand the world, but they understand the film and those two things combine. So this first one, Rob, was written in 2006. So this came out straight after. And this is, a, the title is Fun Feel Good Story, 8 stars out of 10, Rob. Okay, even though the movie is corny, it still sends a message that love will prevail. Family means everything, and without their support, love and consideration, life will be harder. Just knowing that your family loves you and what you love makes facing the world that much easier. I compare this to my big fat Greek wedding in cultural attributes. There is, there is a world out there of give and take, and for the most part, I feel people have forgotten that. These two movies show that consideration and the almighty give and take are important to long-lasting relationships in any culture, religion, and family. I recommend watching this movie with an open mind, hoping to laugh, love, cry, and remember to have a healthy relationship. And I hope this inspires you to have considerations for others in your world. Yeah, the Big Fat Greek Wedding. We didn't even comment on that. I, I, I remember that it was in this review, but I didn't really want to bring it up until this point or if someone else realized that. But yeah, there are lots of parallels. Both of them romantic you know, kind of romantic comedies dealing with racial differences. It is, even though, you know, you don't think Greek and black, you know, but it's still, it's still very important. They have a lot to say. Yeah, my mum loves that movie. I should probably recommend Guess Who to her. Yeah, we should recommend Guess Who to all our mums. Didn't you hear Rob's <laughs> review? He said it's for your mum. Okay, this one is Pleasant Surprise, eight stars. This one was written in 2007, and this is what they had to say. <clears throat> First of all, I'm not a fan of Bernie Mac. And, and certainly, <laughs> what was the review again? I mean, the Pleasant surprise, 8 out of 10. Okay. I'm not a fan of Bernie Mac, and certainly not of Ashton Kutcher, but I liked this movie. While the movie is certainly predictable, it has its humorous moments. Although Bernie Mac plays a little overly protective father, he does not overplay it to the point that it is just a ridiculous caricature. Ashton Kutcher has a good haircut. <laughs> That's what they say. Ashton Kutcher has a good haircut and looks like a nice clean cut male. Not that long haired goofball we usually see. <laughs> My favourite scene was the one at the dinner table. Not to give anything away, there were racist comments and racist jokes, but in good taste. And, and fun. Nothing like some tasteful racism. <laughs> and fun. That scene shows that both sides can be racist in their own rights, but still enjoy a good joke when it is truly funny. While not a master, while not the masterpiece that, oh, uh, sorry, while not the masterpiece that look who's coming to dinner was, <laughs> they put that that classic look who's coming to dinner was. It was a whole lot more fun to watch. This is this is you typical formula romantic comedy, but it is heavier on comedy than romance. Eight out of ten. Now, 
Guys, this next one's a 10 out of 10. Oh, it's very gone. hard to find a 10 out of 10 one, but this, worth it. Okay. A delightfully funny movie, 10 out of 10. Now, Rob, Bartek, be careful. This does contain spoilers. Oh, shit. I found Guess Who to be absolutely delightful. Even though there are a lot of differences between Guess Who and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, I still see a resemblance. I also think that Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy would have enjoyed it. Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher... <laughs> yeah, wrap your brain around them to enjoying this. Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher did a wonderful job. They seem to work well with each other. As far as the movie is concerned, I found nothing racial in it, except for the scene at the dinner table when Simon, Simon makes some racial jokes. But remember, it was only a movie. Yes, the jokes weren't necessary, but they were part of the script and movie, and I think no one should have gotten offended because it was just a movie. That's right, guys. Get over it. It's just a movie. <laughs> as far as Bernie Mac's character and Ashton Kutcher's characters getting off to a slow start, sometimes that happens between two characters. Eventually, you see them start a friendship near the middle of the movie. I like how this person's like kind of explaining how movies work. <laughs> like, in case you didn't know, opening credits happen. No, okay. Even though there were some serious things happening in the movie, basically the movie was very funny. A perfect example is when Bernie Mac's character doesn't believe Ashton Kutcher's character about knowing about the racing circuit and tests him by racing him in a go-kart. I found it extremely funny when they start to race each other and try to beat each other and land and land up tearing through the hedges and getting stopped by a police officer. Very funny stuff. Another funny example is when Ashton Kutcher's character teaches Bernie Mac's character the tango, and later on Bernie Mac's character denies to his wife that he was taught the tango by Ashton Kutcher's character. Very funny. This movie had a great cast. And this is what they actually wrote. This is great. This movie had a great cast. Zoe Saladin... <laughs> is extremely great in this movie, and so is Judith Boot, <laughs> as is Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. I basically found nothing offensive about the movie except for the scene at the dinner table, but like I said before, the movie was absolutely delightful and very funny. 10 out of 10 stars, guys. <laughs> now this one doesn't have a real rating, this one's more of a statement piece. Written in 2012, so remember, that was like four years ago, so that's wow. not really far away. This one's called <laughs> Racism Sucks. This is not about comedy. This is not about great actors. This is a movie about racism. It must be stopped. <laughs> I haven't watched many American movies dealing with racism this way. I wish racists racist watched this movie and try to get the answer why they hate someone only because they are not from the same race. So what if our kids, kids' partners are of a different race? Should we judge them because of that? Should we make our kids suffer because we can't accept their choice? No. Let's be happy no matter what our beloved ones choose to do. Be with and find the happiness with. Be happy for them being happy. Racism is such a big world's problem, but I feel much better about the future when I see that someone is making this kind of movies. <laughs> this kind of movies. It, and then this is just one sentence. It can help. 
<laughs> if only one person changes opinion about races, this movie is worth of making. <laughs> so, you heard it. Oh, but guys, I have a final 10 out of 10 star review for you here. It's just called Excellent. 10 out of 10. This movie is hilarious. I could watch it over and over again. The racial bits in it are a bit sad and a bit funny. Don't get me wrong, I hate racist people. I'm black myself, but I still love this movie. I love Percy Jones. He is really professional. Like, that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Percy Jones. He's, he's really professional. I also love Ashton Kutcher. Too bad he's got Demi Moore. Yeah, this was written in 2006. <laughs> okay, 2006. Too bad he's got Demi Moore. Also, Teresa, in brackets, I forgot her real name. And Marilyn, in brackets, I forgot her real name too, are really good actors. And they are really pretty. Everyone says I look like Teresa, which I do. In brackets, don't mean to brag. (laughs) (laughs) I also love the music at the end. That really sad music with the piano, that's a bit tear-jerking. Anyway, 10 out of 10 for this movie, always. To that reviewer. (laughs) (laughs) Always. If that reviewer is listening right now... Which I imagine they are. With regards to the actresses' names, there's this website called IMDB. No, if you look at one of the other reviewers, they called her Zoe Saladin, so that's her name. (laughs) Zoe Sultana's was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Zoe Salad was pretty great. So that was Guess Who, everyone. How did we feel, guys? feel enlightened now having gone through a second watch where we actually did discuss the meanings and properties of the film because sometimes a film like this can just be seen as a as a popcorn movie it's just a movie that you sit there and you just enjoy but there's always a thought process behind Mm. it did it make you think it did make me think oh yeah this was definitely not one where i just went percy jones that's (laughs) funny mac that's it behind all the percy joneses and reggie's and marcus's there's there's some deep stuff here like the, like the Dantes. And the Dantes. This was a deep movie for deep people. And that's the best I can say about this this film. Isn't that right? Anything else you guys want to bring up before we finish off on this great unappreciated masterpiece? Oh dear, I think we've talked about everything there is to talk about about well, this film. Until something like a sixth trivia point comes out or something. <laughs> Another, can one of the trivia points be about Marcus, please? Please, please, great. please. Where they're like, fun fact, Marcus is great. And it's like a picture of him being great. Well, if that's it, guys, it has been a wonderful time talking about such a wonderful movie. Oh, yeah. You have been listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. Of course, you can follow our work on iTunes, in which we are under Spit and Polish Presents. And, of course, we have our Facebook page, which is also Spit and Polish Presents, in which you can like that, follow some of our content that we have on there, too. And it links us to our Podbean. It links to the Podbean, all that kind of stuff. So don't feel, don't feel too scared to talk to us, because, hey, we'd love to hear a movie suggestion, because, hey, we might have missed out on Guess Who. I could have not seen that trailer years ago and we wouldn't have done it. Or, hey, we might have missed out on Big Fat Lie. Or, hey, we could have missed out on this. There's so many movies out there. We can't know them all. So feel free to drop us a line or just give us your thoughts on how the show is for you. Other than that, you guys have been fantastic, great, amazing, spectacular, wonderful Percy Joneses. Ultra. 
ultra Percy Joneses. Rob, you've been a pretty good Percy Jones. And uh, Bartek, you've been an amazing Percy Jones. We've all been amazing Percy Jones. Percy Jones. Jones. <laughs> Percy Jones. Well, I, I think Rob's the best Percy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Until next guy, time guys. Remember to Percy. <laughs> Until next guy. <laughs> Until next guy. No. Until next time, guys. Remember to Percy Jones. Take care of yourself and each other. Jerry.